0: It is Lopez Radio on Twitch. No, not on Twitch. On the podcast. Oh my God, I've got problems. I've got <laughs> problems galore. At Lopez Radio for all social media. And of course, you're listening to this on lopezradio.com and wherever you get your podcast. Now, on Spotify. Um, my guest today is a gentleman who's a really good friend of the show and uh, someone who hasn't been on since, I wrote it down, May of 2018. What? May of 2018 I have been on his podcast and that was uh, that's the TMI pod tmipod.com too much information podcast with Sean Arnold uh, I was there on February 11th of 2020 so uh, Sean welcome back buddy yay yay he's alive hey we're all alive for now right
1: <laughs> ding <Sorry. laughs> hey man how are you doing I'm doing great Wow, that was... my last time I was on your pod was pre-event.
0: Pre-event. It was... And, and the, I hadn't I wanted to go back and listen to it today, but I was so busy. But, like, it was called Sean 316 was the title of the
1: podcast. Yeah. Sean 316. I should have a big banner behind me that just says Sean 316. <laughs> you should. Uh,
0: before I forget, you can follow Sean at Sean ATL on Twitter if you're a Twitter person. If you're a Twitter person... You can follow him there and see what he's up to and when he tweets and if he tweets and whatever's happening there.
1: <laughs> I rarely tweet. I use it now more for like just tracking and following stuff. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: yeah. I, it's more of a promotional thing for me. Like I'll retweet the thing, a uh, thing here and there, but I don't know, man, like the more time goes on, the more I'm just like, I, what's it going to do if I put this out? Like if I say, if I, if I've, express my disgust or my excitement for something no one ever says anything so it doesn't really matter it's usually when i'm like it's usually when i don't want responses when people respond on twitter but <laughs> i'm just kind of like i just want to put this out there because it pisses me off well actually um
1: you know you shouldn't be so pissed because shut up carl or or if you get into something very subject specific because the last time I got any real play out of Twitter, we both did because it's when we were trying to figure out. It's when all the DCMA stuff happened and yeah. we were trying to figure out about licensing for songs and if your licensing carried over, you know, for tracks. And then that ended up that ended up being like those tweets we had going back and forth where I yeah. talked. I called I had actually called ASCAP, I guess. Or who did I
0: ask? Yeah, you called ASCAP. Yeah.
1: And yeah, and or video or I online I chat supported with them because I screenshotted it and we got like 700,000 like retweets and whatever from people in the podcast community because no one knows what the hell the rules are about. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That was thanks. That was mostly thanks to uh, I think Geef out of Australia. I think he like retweeted it and commented on it or something like that. And all of a sudden it's just like, (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. It's like, what's going viral now?
1: so you're saying it wasn't us you're saying that because geef got involved (laughs) pretty much that's usually the case
0: that's That's usually the case right it's fair enough i'm not now you were asking me before we got started if uh, you wearing a lopez radio t-shirt was like wearing wearing a band shirt to the concert and uh, i gotta say yes this is gonna be it's bad luck i don't know what's gonna happen now (laughs) bad luck Uh, we're gonna lose all three of these recordings i'm recording all at once isn't I that, need
1: to get, I can even pull this up to where it's like full on. I'd like a mask. I need to use this. It. It's like, yeah, right.
0: There like right go. there. I need some Lopez Radio masks, what I need. A little beard So
1: don't say, so I'm not, just to make it even worse, but I don't believe in such things. Is the last picture that I took before I went to the hospital? Yeah. Was this? was, was me sending you a picture because I'd just gotten this. you just gotten the shirt. You'd
0: just been on the, the podcast mail. like a couple weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't that long after. And, uh, yeah, I remember you sharing that with me, like after you'd cleared the hospital and been home for a while, you're like, look at this. This is the last picture that was on my roll, my camera roll. And I was like, Oh Jesus. It's just you (laughs) doing an Instagram selfie shot in the mirror of the
1: bathroom. Absolutely. Full on (laughs) rocking it. Um, it's not that though. The shirt's comfy. I don't know what you want. Like the funny part is, is now that we live in Rona times, um, i have like at the top of my t-shirt drawer because it's like i'm not doing dry cleaners i don't have button downs for work like mm-hmm. i just am wearing t-shirts and adidas like workout pants every day
0: dude my and, my pajama pants have gotten so much mileage in the past fucking six months
1: it, but like there's like four or five t-shirts that i really like <laughs> and they all just are on top and then holly does laundry my wife yeah. you know and and they just repopulate. So it's like I basically just wear the same like five T-shirts. Right. I'm kind of All the same way.
0: People. Do you ever do like a purposeful like d- deep dive
1: into your T-shirts? Like get something I haven't fucking worn in a while. <laughs> like come on. Sometimes because I do find one. I'm just like, ooh, it's really comfy. Like especially too now, you know, when they get those like ultra softs, you know, mm. that used to not be a thing. Um, And I do find some random ones. I actually found a really cool one that I like. It's kind of because I think you're like me. Like, I have these affinities for like weird t shirts, you yeah. know, or just t shirts that are that have a cool retro thing on them, or sure. you know, if you whatever, graphic and I found tees. One that, yeah. That had, and I can't remember the dates exactly, but at the bottom it just says like 1982 to
0: 1995.
1: Right. And it's just a cassette tape. <laughs>
0: i'm a a sucker for that stuff man i am like you know like i love terrier cult right now they're on hiatus but i love terrier cult so anything with like a boston terrier and some kind of smart ass like you know uh pop culture reference to it i'm like yeah i'm gonna fucking buy that
1: it's great Um, well i have for christmas this is how t-shirt stupid i am both my mom and my wife got me not the same t-shirt like style Mm -hmm. but the same t-shirt for christmas And it just had a picture of the toque, you know, the hat with the wool flaps. Mm -hmm. And it just says, you serious, Clark? (laughs) Are You serious, Clark? Yeah, I've seen that shirt. It's an amazing Mm -hmm. shirt. But like they got, mom got me the green one where the toque is like a little more cartooned, you know, like it's a little more. And Holly got me the orange one that says, you serious, Clark. And it's just sort of an outline of the toque or the, you know, the hat or whatever they wear, the winter hat. So it wasn't the same hat, but the same. But absolutely the same message. They they know like,
0: they know you exactly,
1: and I love them both. Like both of those shirts, it's just like because I mean, how could you not love a you serious Clark?
0: There's there's t-shirts.
1: Yeah, I ordered a a Cobra Kai t-shirt just yesterday. Oh, you're enjoying Cobra Kai? I, I haven't even cracked into it yet. It's so good, dude. Yeah, there's so and much- if you and that was my time. Like I don't know if you caught. Karate Kid at the time it actually happened or if you caught it later I watched it a shit
0: ton I know that so
1: (laughs) I caught it like when it happened right right? and it was like I was at that age where like I wanted to be Daniel LaRusso and I had a huge crush on Elizabeth Shue and you know the whole thing and so like when they brought it back I was really worried and it is amazing like I mean it's legit good the writing's great it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's sort of a great blend of drama and comedy. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. serious story, but they, it's funny.
0: I do love the role flip. Like I've only watched the trailer, but I do love that. Like now it's Johnny telling the story. You know, it's like, it's kind of cool from that perspective. Cause it's kind of like, now he's just kind of trying to figure his life out. Like, you know, digging the, yourself out of the hole kind of thing.
1: The subtitle of it should be the redemption of Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> I mean just like i've always said the other title for you watch breaking bad right yeah so you could to me the entire show start to finish arc if you wanted to rename breaking bad you could call it the redemption of jesse pinkman Mm -hmm. and that's really what the show is right like the, the whole thing but it is and but he struggles right i mean he's fighting Not to get too philosophical about a fucking Karate Kid television show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's this idea of fighting things you were taught that are not good. You know what I mean? That are bad. It's like unwinding and not to, you know, you sent me a video of more of these crazy idiots that are out protesting, you know, masks and stuff. But when you get into themes of racism and classism and all this stuff, like that stuff is learned. I mean, that's the thing. No one's born hating. Right, right. You have to learn it somewhere.
0: Yeah, and usually
1: it's your family. Like, sorry, it's usually your family, right? Because that's who that's you're who you're
0: exposed to. Yeah, you're, you're that's who you're exposed to for a significant portion of, you know, growing up. Like, you're not you're not just. I mean, yeah, you're going to school, but still, you're only at school for like part of the day, and then the weekends and the weeknights and all that stuff. You're just kind of exposed to this fucking just constant stream of. These are my parents' fucked up thoughts. You know, the, the this is what they think. And it's weird because, I don't know, growing up, I don't really remember, I don't really remember, I don't know if it was that it, I didn't pay attention or it just wasn't so at the forefront of everybody's, it, feel, it felt like people just had more, to t- more shit to talk about than just politics when I was a kid. Like, I just didn't feel like I heard it all the time. But maybe I just didn't have parents that were, like, overly involved in the political process. So I never really... Like I never, it was never like a thing where I, I don't know how I got my, my independent thought because my parents are very different than the way I am as far as, um, politically and stuff like that. Um, but I don't ever remember, like, I do remember, I guess, rooting for like Bush senior, you know, or something like that. And I don't remember when, when, when I crossed over and I started actually paying attention to that shit until maybe high school, late high school, a little bit.
1: Yeah, for me it was Reagan. Like I remember, like thinking Reagan. My my parents were sort of lower middle class, you know. So I mean, I think too, it's when you're just trying to get by, you know, or at least pre-internet, right? Like Mm -hmm. politics was not in the forefront of everyone's mind back then, right? Like Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was, you know, there was, and if it was, it's certainly not something they discussed with me. And I probably got more into it as I started to get a little older and realized I had some vocal skills right like i started to be interested in argumenting argumentation and and argumenting Ugh. Huh, that's a good word. it's a word. perfect time to use the wrong word <laughs> um but about discussion and and argumentation and and you know persuasive speech and that you know we started studying that stuff and i got interested in debate and you know all that sort of you know that thing right mm-hmm. like i like you know argue a point you know and and of course you're drawn to politics when you start to Feel like that because that's all that is, right? Is trying to argue. Well, it's the never-ending debate,
0: right? There's, it's always going to be a thing. Like you never run out of the things in the political realm to talk about, be it pol- be it you know immigration policy or you know he, you know r- women's rights or you know the right to choose. All the, you have so many avenues you can go to. So it's such a popular thing. So it makes sense.
1: Well, what's so weird to me as well is, and I struggle with this a lot, right? So. Um, very rural family, you know what I mean? Like first generation college grad. I was the first person to go to college. My grandparents, you know, we lived in a really rural, very white, or it was really white, but it was very also segregated, like physically segregated, right? Like it, there wasn't a train tracks, but there was an across the tracks kind of vibe. You know what right. I'm saying? Where, you know, minorities that lived were around where we lived, lived in their spot. And we kind of, mm-hmm. um, And the thing that's wild to me, and this is what's a struggle for me, especially as a white person, as I over the years have thought about privilege and these things that come along with, you know, recognizing that exist when you're in a majority. Right. Which and I know privilege is a triggery word. And there's probably somebody that listens to this that is now screaming about, you know, never listening to Lopez radio again because somebody's on here. (laughs) <laughs> talking about privilege. Bye. But um, but really, because p- people think it's about working hard and really all it is is the advantage of the majority, right? It's mm-hmm. about the advantages you have by being in the biggest group. It's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, or no one's suggesting you haven't earned what you got. It's just about recognizing that it's easier to be, to look like everybody else, right? Like that's just, that's it. It's easier to look like everybody else, right? That's yeah. the, the truth. If you dropped me in the middle of, you know, south central los angeles or you you know what i mean like it would flip right right? like because i'm all of a sudden the one that's different right Right. and it's just it's hard to be different but the struggle and what i've is, is like my grandparents were legitimately good people right in a sense that you know my grandfather helped everyone he could and he was a kind man and he was involved with his church and he gave his time and they never had much but you know he did what he could but they had horrible opinions about race. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? And it's this weird, like, dichotomy that's hard to deconstruct, mm-hmm. right? Because they're from a time when no one would check you on stuff like that. It was way more of a societal norm to just go, oh, sure. I don't... Because I remember very vividly as a really young kid, maybe seven years old or something. And it's a much longer story I don't want to tell, but I live with my grandparents for a couple of years and my parents were separated. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a friend at school that like I played Little League with and he was one of the few black kids that was you know, in our school even or that we hung out with. And I inquired about a sleepover, about him coming over, you know what I mean? And I was flat told that, like, we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, man, that and at the time I was a kid, I, I remember even thinking at seven or eight, I was like, well, I don't understand. Like, what? And, you know, and I'm glad that that's where that started for me to start to question like just because people say that's not normal or that's not right, that's when the, the I first started to foment those ideas in my head about how, well, that well for what? Like what reason? Just because he's different? Like that doesn't make sense, yeah. right? Whereas a lot of people just go, oh, well, that makes complete sense, right? Um, but it just is a hard thing for me to reconcile knowing the kind of people my grandparents were, and then but at the same time knowing that those attitudes could exist in the same headspace as a guy that would. You know, go over to a buddy's house and like help them build something just for, just cause, right. or would, yeah, and and even help people of minorities, right? Like people he worked with that would have problems, but socially there was this thing about you shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, it was like holdovers, motivated. holdovers from the old days. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what to kind of what made it weird for like you like you said at a young age you knew that that was like that was kind of fucked up like you're like what the fuck's yeah. going on here you, you already questioned it. i don't know what what that was or maybe it was the fact that you had an opportunity to to hang out with uh with that person and and you know with unencumbered you know what i'm saying like you just met him at school like and there was nothing that was n- there was no one that was going out of their way to be like hey, hey hey you shouldn't be hanging out with that kid um i you know obviously i'm not a white person but like, I went, I think it helped that I went to a school early on and you know, I went to a preschool and, and my early elementary school was very, very diverse, like super diverse. So it just never crossed my mind. Like it was always just a thing that was, you know, I never, I was never around just one certain group all the time.
1: Um, Did kids, do you remember when you were younger? Mm-hmm when you would invariably get into a disagreement or, uh, you know, a a numbers match, I don't know how people caught, you know, when you're effectively just making fun of one another, Mm -hmm. do you remember people ever using your race as a angle of attack? Not, or, or just, you were different. Like, do you think they knew or do you think that it just never came up or what?
0: The only, the first time I remember, remember it being used like maliciously, but not even, I don't know like it, it's kind of it's kind of odd so like so we went in third grade we moved from you know we were living in Athens we moved to a very rural like Oconee County um like not too far away probably about 20 minutes away from where we lived before but it was very much country like it was very there wasn't there wasn't shit out there like there was nothing um and so riding the bus to school you meet a lot of kids who live out in the middle of nowhere and and there's like you know Our school, you know, at the time, our school bus was probably picking up, like, I don't know, it was, you know, however big a school bus is, but it was still picking up, uh, maybe a 20 square mile, you know, patch of kids, right, and, you know, we're on our way, and I do remember, I do remember hearing words, like, hearing people say, because, I I mean, it was me and my brother were the only, like non-white well there were there were black kids on the bus too so it wasn't like we were the only minority on the bus but everything was very much naturally separate if that makes any sense um and then i do remember getting i I remember getting called the n-word by a couple of rednecks on the bus really yeah and like but they were doing it in like a in like a picking way and i was like the new kid on the bus and stuff like that i mean it turns out like honestly years later ended up being friends with all of them like, cause they got to know that I'm, I'm just a friggin' person. And, you know, you know, we end up making each other laugh a lot. So it was like, it kind of just ended up, we were friends by the time that was third grade. So by the time I was in like middle school, like everybody was kind of cool with each other because what else am I going to do? I can't fucking drive. Like I have to ride the bus. My mom's got work to do. She can't drop me off at school. So we, just you're kind of, you're kind of shoehorned in a situation where you can't, you can't really escape. You have to go to school. There's no, there's no other way, and no one's, and no one can be suspended because no one's really fighting and no one was really policing the whole bullying thing at that point. Um, this is probably like, I don't know, 92, 93, you know, something like that. Um, I think it just, it just after a while worked itself out, and I think now you have a little more isolation with people who can. Um, I, the one thing I noticed from being a kid till you know up until you know late high school a lot more people stopped you know if something happened they're not riding the bus anymore their parents are going to take them to school you know instead of kind of going i'm not saying people need to get bullied i'm saying like some people just don't want to endure the um endure the hardship of being like kind of picked on you know what i'm saying like sure. there's like they get picked on one time and all of a sudden it's this emotionally scarring thing and they just they don't want to ride the bus anymore i didn't have a choice and so it ended up turning around. So I think it, I do, but I do remember people using those words to insult. And I would get mad when people would call me a Mexican because I'm not Mexican. Like shit like that. I'm just like, look, I'm not a Mexican. Like and you try to explain it to them like a reasonable person, but they're not, they're not going for reason. No one's trying to be reasonable in middle school.
1: <laughs> I mean, you don't even speak Mexican. Yeah. I don't even speak the Mexican <laughs> language. <laughs> Which is always how. Just a uh, pro tip: spotting a racist. If yeah. you ever hear someone refer to Mexican as a language, right? Probably a racist.
0: Or if they <laughs> say something along the lines of "Speak American," like that's that's pretty yeah. racist too. It's it's a it's yeah. a it's a dead ringer,s we like to call it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, same. I mean, so this is a funny thing, and again, I don't know the answers. I'm not a parent. I'll never be a parent, like unless something really bizarre happens. Um which will also probably make me convert to religion mm. um if somehow we end up with a kid magically but right. um the, uh, I wonder the differences and because I certainly recognize the the dangers and the and the the damage that bullying can do, right right um I sort of got maybe there are people in my neighborhood that don't want to deal with me anymore now and I don't know if I told you this story a few weeks ago we were doing like our we, we were doing these like cul-de-sac social distancing things where mm-hmm. we'd bring our tailgate chairs, you know, and everybody would sit sort of apart, but at least so you could just be around some more humans, you know, outside. Um, especially at the beginning when we still were trying to figure out what was okay and what wasn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. as far as being around other people and a lot of those people that live in my hood have kids. And it seems like a lot over the years, I've heard these parents talking about their kids and especially around conflict resolution, mm-hmm. You know, and their kids not having skills to be able to deal with resolving conflict. yeah, and it felt like the parents' default thing is exactly what you're talking about, right? Like just get them out of there, right? Like let's just change the condition, right? Like get them off the bus, get them moved into a different class. you know, get them maybe put them in a different school, like, you know, all this stuff, which again, Maybe when you're at, we're at right now, like from a a monetary or income standpoint, that's more of an option. To your point, like if I, I, the bus was the only way I was going to get to school, right? Like I, and there's certainly private school wasn't an option. I mean, we could barely afford public school. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but I got, And I said, well, I know why all your kids are having all these problems, which is why parents immediately automatically hate you, right? The minute a non-parent, like, offers up an opinion about, sure, you know, parenting. But oh, at yeah. that point, I was like, Who, what do I care? Right. And um, they were like, well, what? And I was just like, we don't let kids fight anymore. Yeah. And everybody's head whipped around, right? And looked at me like I was like, you know, like, oh, you savage. You know what I mean? But honestly, like... When I was a kid, cause here's the thing, y- you know, and I'm not talking about 18 year olds, right. Where, you know, somebody may go grab a rifle out of their pickup, which could have definitely happened when I was in school. Right. Like, and all that I'm talking about, these are 10, 12, 14, you know, when I was a kid, man, there became a thing where if you said the wrong thing to the wrong person, you were probably going to end up outside after school. Right. Like, um, yep. And you might get your eye dotted, right? Like that's just what might happen, right? There became consequences for what you say, right? For real physical consequences. Here's the thing. Nobody ever got hurt. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You know, you might've gotten a busted lip or, you know, your knee scraped up or your elbow scraped, but like, it's not like any people are trying to kill each other at that age, right? Like the things last, whatever. But I mean, I remember in elementary school, like picking on the wrong kid And next thing I know, I was on my back, you know what I mean? And, and I, I would think about what I would say, Mm -hmm. like beyond that. Right. It made me think about that or how can I resolve this right without me ending up on my back again. Right. And we, and again, and I'm not, I'm not saying I know the answer and I'm, I know that that probably does damage to certain kids as well, but you know, I look at what the problems we have now with The internet, it's like this idea of like saying, being able to say things without there being any consequence, Yeah, you know, and, and, and people don't, I just feel like maybe younger people haven't learned because instead of them learning through that, right. Like learning by like insulting someone's girlfriend and they punch you in the mouth. Right. Instead, you know, instead they've been in all these situations where their parents just go, Oh, there's a hint of danger. And they just jerk them out of, instead of letting them figure out how to deal with it, they just jerk them out of the situation. And they never have a chance to develop any skills around, how do I either resolve something I didn't cause, or how do I learn to be careful with what I say because I might have to pay a price?
0: Well, and you know, some of those parents probably have the opinion of, man, what happened to the good old days when you get punched somebody in the face for being a dickhead? (laughs) It's kind of like, well you can't cause be because they might get moved to a different job or something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, no, like what happened to the girl? It's like, yeah, you might get sued now. It's, it's just a very different time. You gotta, you have to go. I feel like you must face some adversity or you don't grow. And I think a lot of people, you know, I, I we've talked about this so many times on this podcast, but there are a disproportionate amount of people um, that don't hear no for the first time until they they're in college. You know, they don't, they don't hear a true, like, there's, there's not a true uh, uh, um, disappointing experience until they're in college because everything's been easy up to that point. You know, there's been someone to take them away from the situation, there's been someone to step up and handle the situation for them. And to me, that's the worst way to go about it. It's like, no, you know, it's, it's been kind of a, a big philosophy of mine for a long time. It's like, look, say what you want to say, you know? Whether it's you know whether you're a celebrity, whether you're you know just a regular ass person, whether you're a kid, but you must be prepared for the the, the you know the consequences. Like it's just, it's just how it is. You have to be ready for that, and uh, yeah. a lot of people aren't ready for that.
1: Yeah, and I don't, and it, and I think too, because for me, like I've never, and I've been around some bully I mean, I may have be, I probably have been the bully mm-hmm. right before, right, and and not necessarily realized I was doing it right Mm -hmm. but uh, I've yet I I just in my experience with bullies and this goes all the way up to being an adult right and being in the bar business for a long time I mean you were around that world like you know how you get these macho assholes that get a few beers in them and you know what I mean and but like very few of those people right like they are a, a hint of even a hint of pushback, they just fold, right? Like that's the thing about bullies. Most of the time, if they get in your face and you get right back in their face, that's enough, right? Because they're used to people yeah, just giving in to that, you know, and again, they get jerked out of school or they get whatever, right? But if, if when someone takes a step towards you and whatever, if you take a step towards them, yeah, that's usually enough. right? Right. Because they're not prepared for that. But I think kids never have an opportunity to do that anymore. Right. Like, because to your point, the other thing that I don't get and why I do like squarely third armchair quarterback, you know, parenting nowadays is when I was a kid. So I'll tell you a great story. Right. So, um, in high school, um, in one of our baseball games, Um, there was a kid on the other team that like stepped on our first baseman's foot. So that's a thing, you know, you know, in baseball, when the first baseman's receiving a throw, you know, they have to keep their foot on the bag. And if you're running down to first, a way that people would get back at or try to do, you hear about people like sliding into second and taking people out, but you can just step on the inside and basically step on the heel of the first baseman. Right. And you're, we're wearing metal spikes and that obviously is really dangerous and you can hurt somebody, but there was a problem earlier in the game and there were some words and this guy decided he was going to get back at our first baseman by stepping on his foot. So, you know, our first baseman goes down. He was bloodied up a little from the thing and it turned into a thing while I was pitching. So, naturally, the next inning, right, when I, I come up, I was going to th- throw at someone. I was going to throw – I was going to hit someone, mm-hmm. right, on their team for, you know, hurting our first baseman. And the umpire came out between innings, and I'll never forget, this guy, his guy's name was Billy – and he umped a lot of our games, and he told me, "If you hit anyone, I'm throwing you out." And and this was when in high school back then, if you got thrown out for one game, you were also out the next game, right? If you got ejected, it was pretty severe. Right. And I got real mad. I'm like, "How can you do? Like, you can't do that. Like, you can tell, you can warn everybody after I hit someone, but you just basically now you just gave those guys a free pass, right? Like, they took our guy out, and I can't do anything." And I was really upset. And we were beating these guys to a pulp, right? Like this team, they were not very good. And have you ever seen in baseball, like when pitchers are warming up, when they flip their glove, either like they flip it up or they flip it down or they flip it to the side mm-hmm. before they throw a pitch. That's how you tell the catcher what pitch you're about to throw when you're warming up. So like if you flip your glove up like this, it's a fastball. This is a curveball. If you pull it back, it's a change up. If you do it to the side, it's usually a slider or something. I started calling pitches during the game. Like with a hitter standing up there, I would tell them what was coming. Because I knew they could, they weren't good enough, right? And I knew they couldn't hit it. But it's it's ridiculously disrespectful. Right. Like, imagine, right? You're basically telling them, I'm about to throw a fastball, you can't hit it. I'm about to throw a curveball, yeah, you can't yeah, hit yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck. And so after the game, my coach was so mad, right? Because he was one of these, like, don't disrespect the game. And funny, now coaching later, I feel the same way. Like, that was an asshole thing for me to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the next day at practice... <laughs> Um, basically, we had this big track that went around the complex where all the, um, you know, the the fields were. He basically just told me to just take off running, and you know, he'd let me know effectively when I could stop. So I ran the entire practice, hour and a half, whatever it was. And then my dad got up to practice, and I saw dad talking to coach. And coach called me over, and he goes, "So I guess we don't have to have a conversation. You get the point on the whole." don't be an asshole thing. Yeah. Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I go to start walking back to my to the car, my car to go home. And my dad said, "Well, he's done with you and I'm not. So take I want so keep going." <laughs> so my dad effectively then said, "You're going to run some more." Holy shit. And that these days, I feel like if that were to happen, there'd be a parent at practice threatening to sue the school and you got the kid running and why have you got him right? Like you see these parents when the kid is clearly in the wrong. Yeah. They defend their kid because, you know, their kid obviously can do, you know, of course their kid, it's impossible. Their kid was an asshole. Right. Right. Like, and that to me is a huge problem because when I was coming up, there was not a lot of, like, I knew if I got it at school, I was going to get it twice as bad at home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right and these days it feels like if you get it at school then parents are trying to figure out who at the school board they need to call because you know they were unfair to junior
0: i mean here's the thing though i i don't think i think a lot has changed obviously you know since you were a kid since i was a kid like a lot has changed but i don't think i don't think those parents are gone i just think that the ridiculous parents are louder you know what i'm saying yeah. like i think that those stories get told more because of course, the coach is going to tell the story of, of the the parent that wants to sue him because his kid was running the entire practice. But you know, it's not as great of a story if, if, if the parent shows was like, "Yep, he was kind of an asshole." He's like, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's. I think we just hear those stories more. I I, th- I do think it's a little more than it used to be for sure. Um, but I think it's just way easier to hear those stories now. Um, I mean, unless you think something like. If, what if anything you think has changed between then and now, like in the way parents defend yeah. their kids?
1: I think it's the thing you're talking about. I think it's starting to come in with the people that instead of having to deal with adversity, they were jerked out of adversity and their right. mommy and daddy's special flower. Yeah, took care of and them now. They're and now they're parents, right? So their kids are all special flowers, right? You, you, you know what I mean? And that and that's where I think I feel like that shift is. I mean, don't get there's still probably some old school you know, parents, but like, this is again, just one of those things like everybody's, everybody's unique. Everybody's got unique abilities and we should, we should encourage kids, you know, but like everybody's not amazing. Like it's, it's just a universal, I mean, sorry, like some, just like some kids are faster. Some kids are smarter. Some kids are taller. Yeah. Some kids are better looking, some kids are, you, you know, and again, I don't think you should ever use that to discourage or to do any of that stuff, but I get, you know, I just there and I deal with this cause I used to work in college admission. And now that I've got all these parents and stuff that have kids that are college age or they're getting, or they're getting, they're, they're in the process of trying to figure out college.
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, they just like, you know, they're, they tell me their kids got like a, Oh well, they've got a three one and made an eleven hundred on the SAT, and I'm taking them to visit Brown this weekend or Vanderbilt. And I'm <laughs> like, your kid's not getting into Vanderbilt. Like, you, they want. I'd be surprised to let you even take a tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, but I don't know where that come. You know, again, it's just and again, I'm not suggesting that you don't like cr- like you know you crush a kid's dreams, but there's a you know it's like and I sort of I'm like you know if your kid worked a little harder
0: yeah at some point, but, exactly but, at some point the work comes into play right whether you did the work while you're in high school to to, to look good for, for for a school you're applying to or whether you start, start somewhere else and and work your way into that school you want to be at like it's kind of the two options right like i mean I think, I think that a lot of people, and this goes across all facets, we've talked about creativity and, and, and doing you know, entertainment-type stuff here on the podcast. We've talked about you know, working your way toward anything. A lot of people don't want to do that work. They, they want to kind of be like, this is what I want to do, so I should just be able to do it, right? It's like, I mean, yeah, you can do it, but there's work involved. I think that that message doesn't land. I don't think that message lands as much as it should. I don't think it... I don't think it landed very hard with my generation either. Like it's just kind of like people are kind of like, "Nope, you're gonna go out into the world and do your thing," um, and it's it's more of a smack in the face because high school, you know, all you know, grade school up through high school is like a very different thing. You know, it's it's not meant to be hard to get through because they want everybody to get the fuck through because they want the funding. They want you know, you know, especially if you're if you're somewhere like where I went to high school, where it's like, oh, you're a top-rated county. In in the state, like they want to keep that up there, they want to keep that reputation. So you got to just push. You know, sorry. At some point, you're not just extraordinary. You've also got to be a cog in the wheel. You know, or a cog in the machine. You got to keep keep the world moving.
1: And there's also a point where, like, th- there's also bet- there's a difference between like discouragement and real and like realism, right? Sure. Like, for example, if you've got twenty seventy five vision. When you're 16 years old you're not going to be a pilot in the air force no it's not happening Mm -hmm. right you're not or or if you want to be a a a rocket scientist and work for nasa and you can't pass trig yeah or calculus you're it you're it's not gonna happen right right Right. it's like if you want to do animation but you can't draw Right. Or these days, if you don't, you know, you can't work a computer, I guess. Yeah. Not happening. And some people just don't have, you know, those skills. And I think, I don't know, I just feel like there's a point where it becomes a disservice, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to not be honest with kids and go, okay, let's focus on your strengths. Let's talk about, you know, where it is. And here's the thing. That doesn't mean you can't be successful. I mean, I want to say the last number I saw, and this is going to be so wrong, and I should look it up. But I want to say that on the billionaire list or something, like some really, really high percentage of them are college dropouts. Oh, yeah i believe it. right like it's not you know formal education is certainly no necess- no given either on you know what i mean on on changing the world yeah. right or going out and being you, you, you know dave Chappelle who i think is while well, he's a comedian is one of the most you know loud clear and prescient voices in the country at this point about really important societal things did not go to i mean you know you're talking about a guy that grew up in dc and went to an art school and you know what i'm saying yeah. and didn't you know i mean and that's one of the if you listen to that guy talk it's like that's one of the great minds of our i feel like of our generation yeah. right like he's one of the sharp thinkers of our time
2: mm.
1: right inside of the construct of comedy but you know that guy's not and got an and got an MBA from Columbia, you know what I mean or whatever. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, and the thing is, there's a very big misconception. I think it's I think it's kind of fading a little bit, but it's still there. Um, there's a very big mis- misconception that several uh, graduating with several majors, maybe having a you know a, a you know a graduate degree and you know having a doctorate and all the stuff that that means holy shit, this person knows what the fuck's going on. I can tell you as a person who has worked closely with several different types of PhDs and grad students and people who have done, who have spent a lot of money on the educational system, it doesn't exactly mean you're a sharp motherfucker. It just isn't (laughs) like you are. I've met some dumb doctor people, you know, there's some people there. There's some people that have doctor in front of their name that I'm just kind of like, man, you don't know what the rest of the world's like. Cause essentially especially if you're talking about something like academia, like you're talking about people who went through high school, went into college, kept going to college, kept going to college some more, got a job at a college and now they're teaching college and they've never been outside that bubble. And it's just kind of like, you don't, you're, you, you, while, while you're probably really good at what you do, I mean, you've worked hard to get here. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you, uh, you were lucky. Maybe you were, you know, very persistent at what you did and, It doesn't mean that you're common sense smart. It's the common sense versus book smart kind of argument, right? You got to have a little bit of both. Like, just like you said, like there's so many billionaires that were college dropouts. Well, it's because something better came along and they recognized it, and they were like, "Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hitch my wagon to this." And now look at them. Or
1: they were just beyond it, right? They looked around and said, "I'm not getting what I need here." Right. Because it's not one size fits all. Yeah. That's the other thing. Right. Like it's they're like, OK, I, whatever I've got is not this is not the place. This is not fertile soil for the seeds that I have.
0: I think there's just a ton of people who are in jobs like that, too. Like it's it's easy to be, you know, to, to get in that position where you're just kind of like, man, what is this place doing for me? You know, what am I what am I doing here? And um, I think that's why you see I don't I don't think. I don't think the quote-unquote midlife crisis is a thing that's just going to happen. I think it's just something that it's a it's a pivotal point in people's lives where they've probably dedicated themselves to a certain way of being for a long time and now, now they're realizing I don't really like this. <laughs> so it's either shit or get off the pot type of situation. And a lot of people go extreme with it. Like, I'm gonna go buy a Corvette or I'm gonna go do this or that or completely uproot my life and do something different. Um, and a lot of times that can be cool but, I mean, I, I think it has more to do with the fact that there's a lot of people who are like, things are this way. Things are going to be this way. And then one day they realize, fuck, it didn't have to be this way. Shit, I could have done something else. God damn it. What am I doing kind of shit? And, uh, you know, I was talking to I – was, I was sitting around the other day uh, having a couple of drinks with our buddy Banshee. And, yep. um, you know, we cool were talking – He's, he he loves he's a he's a big fan of like crafty people on YouTube right like people who you know do all kinds of like building woodworking shit like that he loves seeing that shit he's he he loves being in a shop and, and working with stuff right so he's got a lot of YouTubers that he watches and uh, he was talking about like he's like man you know I sit here and think about like what I'm doing and you know what what I kind of what I what I wish I could do and you know I want to you know I see these guys I see everybody like we need more. He said, "We need more videos of people who dropped everything and, and it failed, and and you know and to, you know trying to be like you know it's not all it's cut out to be and blah blah, blah. like said, all you hear about are people who's like I dropped everything and I'm the happiest I've ever been I was like dude but that's all that's all relative like a nobody there's not many people that want to go and advertise that they failed at something. Um, B you don't know what that person the, the everything that that person you are talking about dropped they might have been making ten thousand dollars a year." And they didn't really have that far, that, they didn't really have that far to fall, you know? So it's it, it could be just a case of where they just put themselves in a better situation. But, you know, you can't, I don't know. I think a lot of people beat themselves up about shit like that.
1: But also you're only seeing the success, right? Like, here's the thing I will guarantee you. You're seeing the right? Instagram. <laughs> Most of the time, right? These people that are successful now have failure stories. Sure. You're just not seeing the failure stories, right? I mean, don't get me wrong; there are certainly a tiny the you know Malcolm Gladwell outlier style people that maybe their first thing is the thing that you know that makes it go right, right or whatever. Yeah. But it's usually not the case. I mean, believe me, as someone that has taken shots right and is in the process of taking another shot right now, mm-hmm. right at building something from scratch from a company business standpoint that you know if this all works people will go oh look that guy owns this company and it's successful but like they don't know about the years grinding it out or the 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 things you did that didn't work at all right and and all those things i mean everybody's got those things and it's it's cliche but you know failure is success training right like yeah if you can't you got to take away you know and that's the thing i think that people are so I'm backing up a bit. I think you're spot on on the midlife crisis thing. The other part of it, I think, that triggers that event is whenever people invariably, um, what triggers that is when people f- have to face mortal the idea of their own mortality. Right. Right. And, and that when you when you when you realize you're gonna die, and that internal clock starts in your head. And usually it's about that time. It's like, whoa, man, I'm closer to the way I'm closer to the exit than the entrance. Right. Right. That's when you start to freak out and you start to realize like, Oh shit, man, I don't have much time and there's stuff I wanted to do. And I'm still like, a, I'm, I'm still like a working at a bank. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> or like grinding it out at the, an accounting department somewhere yeah. or, you know, working at a restaurant or whatever the thing that they have, if it's not what they love. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's part, I think too, where society is screwed up and um, and where are these things like educational systems? Because they do try to be one size fits all, right? And you start to paint these boxes of pe- things that you're supposed to do that qualify as successful. And, you know, one thing that I've learned, and it, it's one thing, I, I think people can only learn it in in time and experience, but like there are there are thousands and thousands and thousands of ways to make a living, Yeah. right? It, it, you know, but, it, you know, based on school, you know, I think most humans would go, but you kind of get... In these boxes of like doctor, I always say doctor, lawyer, businessman, right? It's sort of like the, you get into these things where you think there's only so many ways you can make money. And even if it's like, I need to go find somebody to convince me to give me money to do something,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like a, meaning a job instead of like, is there some other way I can generate revenue or generate income doing something, right? Like this is where the genius of like one of my spirit animals in the business world is Mark Cuban. hmm Right. And I think people think of Mark Cuban as the Shark Tank guy, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks guy, y- y- you know, and they sort of see his public persona. But the thing you got to remember is Mark Cuban is a billionaire because long before all this was going on and the internet was born, Mark Cuban said, I think delivering video in real time over the internet is going to really be a thing right yeah and look look at what we're doing right this second right like look at twitch look at youtube this was a guy that was a pioneer like this was a guy that had said 20 something had enough vision to look around and go you know comes up with broadcast.com and sells that shit for three billion dollars or whatever it is and you know he wasn't that was a guy that was like at a time when he's like i'm gonna make some money doing this and people are like are you nuts you can't make any money doing that right and now like again like delivering streaming video mm-hmm. hello i mean zil- trillions of dollars are tied up into streaming video business these days it's wild Netflix, twitch facebook you know podcasting video pod- like you name it right it's everywhere And, but, you know, it takes somebody that's got that, you you know, there's a little bit of that, like, you got to step off the cliff, man. It's, it's, um, and it's hard, man. People are risk averse. And I think too, that mortality thing helps people also forget about the risk, right? When you start thinking about, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm going to die anyway in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, however long you think you're going to be around. And it's like, so what, right? If it fails, I mean, again, I'm not saying people that mortgage their house and end up homeless. Like you don't want to do anything, you know, you want to take calculated risk. Right. Sure, yeah, but, yeah. but on the other hand, like you got to take some risk. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's just hard for people to get their head around that. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it is. And I think like, I mean, we've talked about, I mean, you have talked about several, you know, with, with your wife and what she does, you guys know some pretty badass like chefs and, and stuff like that. Like, how many like think take any successful chef if you were to sit them down and be like so how many times did you fail at this thing uh before it was a hit oh they'd probably be like how long you got like how long you got to sit down and talk to me about this because restaurants are another thing they're just very volatile you know and and a lot of times flash in the pan and even when they are a hit they're still not a permanent hit usually you know unless you're able to come up with something that becomes like nationwide huge or you know a household name like it's, you're going to, you're going to deal with a lot and, and going back to your point of like, you're trying to build this thing and you know, if it works, like if it works great, you know, and uh, you know, I can be this guy that people look at and they're like, Oh, this guy built this thing, but you know, and I know that, and, and we're probably even guilty of doing it. Like you'll see somebody who's successful at doing something, right. Who built something that's really cool and really awesome to see. And like, you're like, Holy shit, what a great idea. And sometimes you'll be like, man, that dude's so lucky like how do you you know that dude's so lucky and like because you don't you don't you don't see that backlog you don't see the bad days you didn't see the build-up to that you didn't see the 10 other opportunities that got you know that that didn't work out it's it's kind of wild man because it's all perception right so it's it's it turns into you know the kind of like the the idea that maybe don't rely on what you're seeing from someone's social media all the time because who who does a highlight of all the bad shit that happens to them there are people that do it but most people are you know using that for the to gloat about the good shit you know
1: yeah and also i think too there's a unfortunately you know the the world is full of shitty people and um there's also again this is another when i'm sure we've talked about this before you and i on podcasts um but when people see that too, there becomes this weird, and we see this in the political climate right now, right? Like, again, we I talked about privilege earlier. People, Someone's snap reaction is just like, you're attacking where I'm at in my life, right? And how somehow I didn't earn my place. And that's not what it is. But it's also, again, just this, this idea that you see someone that has things that you don't have. And instead of, and then people go, wait, I don't have that. So it's, but it can't be because that person is smarter, harder working, you know, more risk willing to take risk. It becomes like, they're lucky they did this. They got a something, they got a break I didn't get Yeah. because it's easier, it's easier to drag someone down to where you are mm-hmm. than to claw your ass up to where they are. It's way easier to tear someone down than to build yourself up. Yeah. And, and that's what people do. So they'd rather just go like, oh, well, you know, that guy, he's not, he, he he, didn't, he couldn't have worked harder than me. He can't be smarter than me or that girl. There's no way she's, you know, more talented than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, you know, call her names and talk about all the reasons why she shouldn't have what she has Yeah. instead of me, let me work on me and maybe I can get up there and
0: i think it's i think it's important to i don't know like no one ever taught me that like you know no one ever taught me like hey you don't i don't feel like there's an active enough teaching of how to put yourself in other people's shoes you know i'm saying like how to how to to be um empathetic um empathy yeah lack it it's it's kind of tough cause I like, I'll say this much, like, so I worked in retail for many years and then I finally got my first IT job. Right. Um, and that was the first time I was like, man, I am, I am never like, not that I ever was a jealous person of people's success, but like it kind of cemented in me, like, cause I worked with a lot of small and medium sized business people that were, you know, barely getting by with their business. And then people who were doing really well with their business and they were just kind of a, you know, a medium sized company that was doing really well, didn't, wasn't too much, wasn't too grand, wasn't too, you know, but wasn't too shabby like, and, but you could see how hard people were working to make that happen. And you're kind of like, well, I mean, I could see where other people might be like, man, this guy's got everything. I'm fucking jealous of him. But at the same time, I don't, I kind of stopped having those feelings about people because I was like. No, that motherfucker probably worked hard to get where he's at. There are people that have been handed shit. That's that there's always going to be that. You're going to have people that are handed shit, but for the most part, unless you're in for the most part like a lot of people built their own shit too. Like I think you're going to find more people that built their own shit than you are people that are handed shit. Um and I don't know, I think it's I think it's really important for for people to know, hey, you know, that's that's not just some accident. That's not just some fluke. Yeah, they might have gotten lucky here or there. Maybe they met the right person, but the work still had to be done at some point. Like, there's just, there's no, there's no denying that. So I try to, you know, especially like younger, like nieces and nephews, and you know, or or younger, you know, siblings that I talk to, and and you hear something like that, I'm kind of like, hey, just remember, man, someone, someone had to work to get there. They weren't just handed that shit. Like unless they were, like unless they were. Some people are so.
1: Yeah. And you can, cre- yeah. And that you, people can definitely get lucky. Yeah. Right. But there's also an element of creating your own luck, <clears throat> but even to like who, you know, and this is another thing that I learned from a mentor of mine a way a long time ago that I remember all the time. Cause people go, this is such a common phrase, right? It's like, well, it's all about who, you know? Yeah. And I think that's inherently incorrect though. The real phrase is it's all about who knows you, mm-hmm. right? right? That's, that's way more important than who you know. I know a lot of people that wouldn't take my phone call. Yeah. Right? The question is, who knows me? Right? And, but that's work. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, like this, we're trying to build this business and there are people, Wink, that I want to be involved in my business when we have enough time, money and resources to do that. Right? Right. People that I know. But, the reality is, is if we go and find one of those people and pull them in and it becomes wildly successful for them you know and we all make it happen and and it works well guess what like that person or those people that I want to bring in it's like I met them and one they're not an asshole you know it's like be kind right Right? Like, you know treat people with respect like that's the first thing if you're a dick no one's calling you with that great opportunity or that great thing Yeah. number two um, you learn what people do and what kind of human they are, right? And 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 you you go, oh, that's. But that's the thing is, like they've those people have built skills, and when you meet them, they're not dicks, and you develop a relationship, and like that to me is what's crazy when people are just like, oh, well, I was trying to get this job, and so and so the guy I was up against, you know, the guy knew him, and that's what got him over. And I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't just like that got put in work to create that relationship
0: yeah there was work at some point
1: has value so how are you discounting like if the shoe is on the other foot you know what i mean and the guy that's hiring you worked with 10 years ago and he liked you a lot and you got the gig are you turning it down because oh you just like, know, you know me man yeah it's not fair you should get the other guy like man no you're not doing that shit are you kidding right right like, so you know that but that's the thing like even that stuff is work you're just not thinking about it as work i mean and that's why you try to you know again like don't be an asshole, right? Like, it's like, you never know, like, you know, the, the, you know, the shin you kick today may be connected to the ass. You have to kiss tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's that you just never know, man. You don't know how those kinds of things in life may play out,
0: you know? Right. And I think that the don't be a dick thing is loosely tied to what you were talking about earlier with. Parents who gasp at you saying they don't get into fights anymore, kids don't get into fights anymore, and it's like, well, someone, all you're doing really, like, a, you're you're doing a disservice to your kid by pulling them out of the situation prematurely. Like, maybe it's a bad situation, the kids getting really bullied and really beat up or something like that. Yeah, pull them out of a dangerous situation, but like an altercation, and you pull them out of it. Like, a, you're you're shortchanging your kid in some development, and b. You're you're taking away an opportunity for a dickhead to be put in his place, you know. It's like it, it, your kid could be the one that, like, you know, is the one that like stands up to this kid finally, and now that kid's like, oh, I'm not gonna fuck with kids anymore like, you know, I'm not gonna fuck with you know these 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 kids anymore, and and be a bully. So you just never know what your what what kind of butterfly effect shit you're doing by just removing that shit from it, you know. I don't yeah, know. this
1: just happened to me like a year ago at work where the office manager for the company I worked for, Mm. um, was kind of, you know, she was young, she was 20, you know, I think she was part-time in college and, you know, she was doing a, like a front desk kind of gig, you know, and, um, you know, she was smart and, you know, she kept kind of coming back to me on some things where we interface, like I needed some client stuff that she kind of was in charge of. And, you, you know, as far as anyway, um she was pushing back on stuff that was really like sort of outside of her pay grade. Like she was basically trying to tell me to do my job differently because it would make it easier on her. right? And which is, you know, again, I also say that's fine. Like I didn't have any problem with her coming to me and saying, can we do it this way? And the first time she did it, I go, well, look, I understand why you, your perception, but that makes it harder on this side. And this side, frankly, is a little more impactful and and it ma- you know, like I'm interfacing with the clients every day and these are hundreds of thousands of dollar type deals. And, you know, we can't flip that, right? Like we just, you know, and I and I and I, I was very nice about it and just, you know, but she kept hammering like every time it was this passive aggressive, like she would make this offhand comment about, well, if we just did it this way, if we just did it this way, it would make my life easier. And I finally sent like a pretty tersely worded email that said, look, we've, I don't know how many other ways I can discuss this. We're not changing the process. Please do your job. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, (laughs) and I don't want this to sound like dickish, but, you know, on an org chart, we're just about as far away as you can get. Right. Right. Like as far as I'm up. I'm what, two steps away from the owner of the business. And, you know, she's in like sort of an entry level gig. And again, I would never discourage her for throwing out ideas. It just that once we sort of decided that's not a path. Well, so then this is what happens. I get a call one day from the person that ran admin, right? One of my peers. Right. Where she then went to that person with my email and talking about how I was mean to her and you know, this litany of things like basically like reporting me, right. Like for how i treated her. Right. And so that talking about those resolution skills, like that's a thing that I don't understand. And maybe I'm just have a superpower or something, but like when I was starting and was at the bottom of the totem pole, I can't fathom going around someone three steps above me in the organizational structure to, To in line or above them, right, before I talked to that person about, hey, I didn't like the way you worded that email. I thought it was this. I thought it was that, like, right? And it just became, but again, like, no concept of trying to work that out with me. The problems was between me and her. Right. Not me and this other person, but her first thought rather than to work it out with me was to run around me and put someone in the middle. Yeah. And I've just never understood like that to me is just so foreign. it's such a because if I have a problem with someone professionally, my instinct is to go in a room with that person and go, we're clearly not jamming. Yeah. Like, let's figure like, let's talk about this. Right. Like, let's figure out what's going on and just and we got to work together. Let's just smooth it out, mm-hmm. you know, and figure it out. But I was so I was more floored by just I just couldn't imagine. In my mind, if I was her age and at that thing, I'm just like, dude. If I go around this person that's already way above me to somebody else, like I'm just gonna get fired. Yeah. Like I don't want to be rocking the boat like that. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? When I'm effectively, you know, um, expendable, right?
0: Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, and, it's there. There are people that definitely get fired for something like that because it's just kind of like, no, you just <laughs> you're. It's like going. It's like going to going to mom after dad said no.
1: <laughs> it's right.
0: I'm like, well, what did your, what did your dad say? <laughs> that's, that's, that's always what you ask.
1: <laughs> but there's an at adi- but to your point, right? There's an attitude there that I feel like is generational. Yeah. And maybe not, maybe it's a one-off. I don't know. Right. But, it, but it just feels like in my mind, I said, that's someone that nobody ever let them try to work their own problems out. Right. There was always an arbiter. There was always a third party. There was always a parent in the middle. There was always someone that was basically fighting their battles for them. Well, I'm gonna to go to the
0: superintendent <laughs> instead yeah. of like instead of like even even stopping at the at the principal. You know, it's like well, I'm going to the straight to the superintendent. It's like, well, that's not that's not what you do in this situation. We always had people that would figure out a way to. You uh, know, I mean, when I was in retail doing stuff with Best Buy, like they like if they didn't get what the the answer they wanted, it's like immediately they're like I'm I'm calling I'm calling your corporate office in Minnesota. It's like we're in, we're in georgia man like what <laughs> you, why, why tie up the phone lines there's like so many of you doing this like it's not going to help you know it, it, it very rarely helps it always sucked Although when put, it did help you know like it always sucked when they would they would like they would like be like will you just please get this person to stop calling and just do what they just
1: like no 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 Although I will say that on the flip side of that, like I have in customer service situations that warrant it, yeah. right? Like not necessarily what you're talking about, but I have more than once called the CEO of a company. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> when I had a problem. Like, in fact, I'll start there. So here's a great, and, and I actually encourage, and again, this is not if you're eating at an Applebee's, right? right and right. your server gives a bad, you have a bad server. You should figure out who owns Applebee's and call them. Right. But, but if you, I think if you do have a problem, so great story. So we had a bunch of trees fall on our house, um, maybe 10 years ago, you know, and it was pretty severe. Have I told right. you this story before?
0: Uh, I, I don't think um, we've talked about it on the podcast.
1: So, you know, it did a lot of damage, right? Like it, like it did like a hundred thousand dollars worth of damage, right. um, to the house and you know the insurance company's involved and all this stuff well whenever you have a lien holder you know the the bank has part of our loan our mortgage whenever the insurance company releases checks to you it's to you and the bank yeah because the bank also owns owns the the asset right right and so (laughs) um so what happened was was in order to put that money in the bank so we could pay the contractors we had to sign the check and i'll say it because i hate them Wells Fargo had to sign the check. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had the opposite of the plug bell, I'd hit it. Cause like, womp wah, wah, Wells yeah. Fargo. <laughs> but, um, no, no apologies. If you work for Wells Fargo, but um, so, and here's the thing, they didn't accept email. They didn't accept seriously snail mail or fax. They told you that the turnaround time was like 10 days So if we got any money to pay the contractors and the people that were working on the house, it would take like three weeks unless we wanted to come out of pocket. $15,000, $25,000, you know what I mean? Like to write these checks. And it just got to the point of being absolutely ridiculous. And I went online and Wells Fargo Mortgage, the company is the headquarters for that division is in Ohio. I found out who the CEO of wells fargo mortgage was and i called the main number of that office and i need to speak to walter johnson or whoever his name is and they're like he's not in or whatever do you have an issue and i said i do i'm a mortgage holder with you we're in the middle of a hundred thousand dollar claim we can't get our claims paid because of the way your bank's handling all this and i need to speak with them right um you know, and that, and then the first time it was kind of nothing. And I just kept calling back. Like I sort of did the Andy Dufresne thing, like, you know, and then Shawshank, right? Where he wrote 7,000 letters, you know, until finally the people gave him the books for the library. I just every day at 10 o'clock, I'd call and be like, I got to know like Gladys or whatever her name was. Like, <laughs> the, the, I'm like hey, Gladys, it's Sean Arnold. I'm just calling back to see if Mr. Johnson's in. And so finally, I got a call back from this guy that worked in his office, and that guy handled our claim the whole rest of the way. Wow, the guy that worked for him, and whenever we got a check, it got instantly cleared. It got whatever. So, this is so tangential, but you know, if you do have a problem with something big, um, and this is like true for sales, it's like go as far up the ladder as you can go, right, and see where they'll push you down to because it'll probably be higher than you calling one eight hundred help me or whatever it is sure. that they're trying to get you to to do. But that was a great lesson because then the thing was smooth sailing and I'm sure they were just like, just whatever you got to do to stop this cat from calling me. It happens. Yeah. Like do it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you or know what I mean? Now in this case, <laughs> I do think we had a leg to stand on. I wasn't being unreasonable because I didn't have 25,000 in cash to front, you know, Wells Fargo. Right. Right. So we could get the roof fixed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, um, but there's it's t- it's time and place. Right. Like there's always. But on the other hand, I didn't work for them. Right. Like I'm the consumer, which is a little bit different. And I also wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was just trying to get our problem solved. Right. Um, and I know that's a that's a fine line. But anyway, I just got off. So, you know, if somebody pisses you off bad enough, big find out who runs the company and call them. Right. Right. <laughs> but um, but if you're working if you're working together right.
0: don't 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 circumvent
1: <laughs> yeah yeah don't do it when you're working inside of a hierarchy and there's someone a that you have to and,
0: see several times again after the fact
1: um yeah so it just was and then of course the way i resolved that whole thing which which also made everybody except for me apparently feel uncomfortable is when um the vp of admin called me um and told me i was going on i was like stop get her I'll call her Sally for the, to protect the innocent. I was like, I want you to conference Sally in right now and we're gonna f- we're going to figure this out right this second. You know, because I'm not doing this whole back and forth. I hate that. Passing the notes. Passing the notes yeah. is the worst. And then she goes, what? And I'm like, yeah, call Sally. Let's conference call this. You're her boss. Let's just hash it out. If I made a mistake, I'm happy to own up to my mistake, but we're not going to do this thing. And then, of course, she got on the phone and then she didn't know how to operate at that point because she was in this uncomfortable situation and was completely unequipped, right, to deal with comfortable situation. She,
0: she had already uh, hired hired someone to to go do that for her, quote unquote.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you know, then I just ended up steamrolling, you know. And at that point, I was angry, yeah. which is also bad, right? right? Like it's bad when the parties involved get mad, mm. and um, and it just turned into. But I don't know, man. Like, there's just. To your point about common sense which ties us back in is like just think about how you think about you know what if it were me empathy right what if the shoe was on the other foot like right. how would i want this to go down
0: yeah well and and you know kind of to play off of what you were just saying about your incident you had at your former job um you know there was a i spent a semester in new york City, um, doing an internship and I but while I was there, I needed to make money and the internship didn't pay me. So I worked, uh, I worked at a Best Buy, I transferred to a Best Buy up there. I worked on the one on fifth Avenue and um, it was so interesting to see the difference in management styles because you know, it feels like, especially in the south, you get very much a let's pass the note, let's get someone else in here to, 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 to iron this out. But it was kind of cool to see my manager uh, that that I worked for there you know it was a obviously it was a very busy store, and um it was kind of cool to see the manager I work with like when two people had a problem um i 'm sitting there working, and all of a sudden like he drags two people in the room, sits them down, and he 's just like, All right, you told me this, and you said he said this, what do you have to say about it? like just they and then they they all just yelled at, it's just the most New York thing you' ever seen in your life like they all just yelled at each other. For about 20 30 minutes and then they, they they squashed it they all went to lunch together it was so fucking weird <laughs> it was the most anti-southern thing i had seen i was just like <laughs> wow they just handled all that shit and didn't and not one piece of paper was having to be like written on it or no one got written up no one got a final warning they just fucking said quit the bullshit and then they went back to work it was fucking crazy Just weird to see culturally how different
1: that is. Yeah, and there's also to me like there's this thing about um, that people aren't good at that. Again, I don't know if this is just me, but it's like you separating personal things and professional things, Mm -hmm. you know, and creating. And and again, I'm not to suggest that you don't have personal relationships with the people you work with because I like getting to know the people I work with because I like people. You know what I mean? I like meeting people and learning about people, but you know it's just it's again also this thing that i've said is and this is this is a this is even new for me that i've learned and some of it's from being sick and getting through that old deal and whatever but it's just like why like this is why i don't argue online anymore right about stuff is why am i letting a stranger or an acquaintance hurt me or get me riled right like you can't you can't hurt me if I don't know you. Right. Like, but people let that happen a lot. Right. Like if, if somebody just said, you know, you're a dick, like at a store, right. You know, or at a bar. And I, now these days I'd just be like, all right. Yeah. Like cool, dude. You don't fucking know me. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Um, if you said to me, you're a dick, I would have some stuff I needed to f- work out. Right. Because you have a, we have a relationship, right. right? Like I trust you. I care about you. I, I care about what you think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a problem if you think I'm a dick because you know me, right? And it's like, oh, no, if he thinks I'm a dick, then I've done something, right? This isn't an accident, right? Yeah. But if a stranger, I'm like, you don't know me. But man, there are people that like, you know, people say that it's like, you would think that their mother told them they didn't love them anymore.
0: Oh God. People get, people let it get them really, really bad sometimes.
1: Man, don't let people, don't let strangers live rent free in your head, man. Oh. Like it's just, it. there's no good that can come from it. You know what I mean? Like, and again, it's one of those things I feel like I don't think you can teach it. I think people just have to figure it out on their own. Yeah. But you know, man, it's like, I just, I'm not going to let people have that kind of power. You're giving people a lot of power. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's even it even
0: kind of goes back to the conflict you were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast when you're like, "Hey, I love these people. I love my I love my grandparents, but it blows my mind that they have this world perspective, right?" Like, I think that that while while you can while you can have that situation, I think that also keeps sometimes depending on the family. I know some families just go at it, but like depending on the family, it keeps some people from taking it too far from being insulting you know um being personally insulting but i mean it it doesn't stop everybody i'm not saying it's it's completely fail safe but there's definitely i definitely have siblings i definitely have cousins i definitely have plenty of very close uh you know relatives that we don't agree politically but we're never it it never gets to the point where we're just kind of like you're a fucking idiot Like we just never, we just never do that. You know, it's, it's, it's wild. Like I've, I've kind of always been, especially with people I care about and people I know, like I have never been a person to call anyone like a name, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just haven't been that guy, you know, I just don't like, I, it, it would take a lot for me to be like, Hey, you're being a fucking asshole. Like. Like, I don't know. I just, I just never liked name calling for some reason. It's never been a thing that I like doing at all. And any time that I have done it, it's always been in jest. Um, but I don't know. That's just me, I guess. I, I, just, I know that um, family-wise, sometimes your love and, and, and knowledge of that person for so many years keeps you from taking it to that level.
1: Well, sure. And of course it does. But that's where I think normal human, like to a degree, if we could project that same type of care Mm. toward people that we don't know or don't know as well, we could maybe have substantive conversations in this world, you know, where you're like, I'm not just going to open up a can. You know what I mean? On this person. Like, again, like if it was my mom, this happens. Like my mom and I could not be more politically different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, miles apart, but I'm not going to call my mother a name. Right. You know what I mean? And whatever. Like, I mean, I might do it when she's not around, but, um, but <laughs> <laughs> But you know, we're not, I'm not going to get in an argument. I'm certainly not gonna do it online. You know, like every now and then she'll jump into a post or something, and you know, it's just like and and it's it's there's a certain irony there because I start thinking about how I was raised, and I'm just like I'm not going <clears> to <throat> call out my mother on in front of the hundreds, if not thousands, of people that may see this thread. Yeah, right. Because yeah. that's just that's a I was I you don't do that. Well, no, you
0: just don't do that. It's not worth it. And you know, in your heart of hearts, like if, unless you're completely wrapped up in in arguing with people on social media, you know, in your heart of hearts that that, that same conversation in person would go very differently mm-hmm. that, and, and, you know, same people involved in everything. If you're sitting across the table from that person, who's, you know, who's kind of poking the bear, so to speak. Right. And, 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 you know, basically being, being a real dismissive dick about things, they're not going to be the same way if you're sitting across the table and you guys are having beers, because there's a you know there, it just there's the element there's always the well I could get punched in the face you know to come there,
1: in the circle you might get punched in the
0: mouth you could get punched <laughs> in the mouth and you might need to get punched in the mouth if we're being honest but like it's I think it's a comfort man you can sit back and you can just be like well uh, I'm gonna drop this little this little my, what I think is a truth bomb or a grenade into this conversation. And I'm just going to close the window. I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to see the reaction. I don't have to see the hurt in someone's face. I don't have to see anything. You know, I think that's, you know, you know, you, you play a lot of video games. So do I. And it's like, it's, people are very quick to just say stupid shit to people. They don't even know. And it's kind of like, you're only saying it. You're only saying it because you're sitting by yourself In a fucking room, Mm -hmm. playing a video game, and there's no way for me to reach to the screen and rip your fucking eyelids off.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's why I never turn on Proximity Chat, ever. (sighs) Like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, I get it. Like, I guess there's a certain amount of entertainment value there since you are producing an entertainment product. Sometimes
0: people play with you. Sometimes people, like, are funny with you, but sometimes people are just shitheads for no reason. And you got... I guess if you're going to do a proximity chat thing, like you got to be prepared for that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that to me is too like an interesting argument is, you know, one where people these days will tell you that, you know, there aren't things that exist in this world, like racism or anti-Semitism or whatever. And like, I always say to them is like, man, go log in to a, a matchmaking. Yeah. Session pub, in a, any team game, a PUBG ever. lobby, <laughs> Warzone, COD, any of DVD, and, I, and
0: you and you wonder, like, what is what is burning inside this person that they just have to scream it out? Like, what what are they so unhappy with in their life that they're just like? Because here's the thing, man. I love my life. I don't really have a reason to go into any forum. And just and just drop, you know, what insert bomb here, you know, insert you insert whatever homophobic racial bomb here.
1: Yeah, I used to honestly like, and this is obviously sensitive to me because of my wife's religion. In the old Call of Duty days, remember when you could make your own emblems? You know your your avatar. You could they had an emblem maker, and you could make your own thing. Mm-hmm. I would sit for hours at a time, just looking through my former previous players lists or whatever, you know, just people I've played with yeah. just reporting people that had swastika that they'd made a swastika as their, as a part of their avatar. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? And I really do think in my, in my head, like, wh- okay what could possibly drive someone to take something that toxic right and this isn't like you know if you're an eagles fan and you hate the cowboys right and you do an avatar of like you know somebody pissing on a Cowboys star right you know this is this is six million dead you, you know what i mean this is as real as it gets right, right? like Someone tried to wipe these people off the face of the earth, right? Because of their religion, mm. right? And their beliefs. And to just, like, I don't, what's happening in that person's brain? Like, I honestly can't wrap my head around it. Like, I don't know what drives someone to. And, you know, the thing is, is there's probably grown ups and there's probably kids. And, you know, and it's all, for, and it they're doing this and it's just like, where does that come from? Like, how could you possibly represent something that horrible well, and my, heinous, it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, my first two thoughts are a, they're not really educated about what that means. You know, they just kind of loosely know they think it, you know, they, in their head, it's something that's a movie thing, you know, or something like that. And B, they don't know any, they, they might not know a person that it has affected at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't know a person that's like personally tied to it. So there's kind of like, well, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of like COVID. I don't know anybody that's got it. I don't, I haven't gotten it. So I, I don't even know if it's a real thing. You know, it's, it's that, it's that mentality. It's just kind of like, whereas if they have someone they love that was attached to someone who went through that or had family that went through that, um, they would feel very different because like, no, I care about this person. And obviously this is something that bothers this person. It's just, it's most likely someone just who is just very closed off on all aspects. They could probably just be like, well, I'm just memeing. It's like, well, yeah, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of hurtful. Like, it's like, you know, you're not, it's, it's not exactly like a thing you just joke about. You know, it's not like you're joking about a, a fake character in a movie. (laughs) You know, it's that was a real thing.
1: Yeah, and also if you're gonna joke, like the audience need to needs to know the context of the joke, and when you're just putting that out there for people to see by itself, Mm. you you know that nobody is in on the joke. Even though, you know, again, probably not. And I'm one of those people that believes that no topic should be off limits as far as comedy goes. I think it's all about intent. It's about what's the intent of the joke. Sure, it matters not the content, but the intent. Right. Um. Uh, but you know you can't give anybody context when you're just throwing out you know yeah
0: An avatar i'm sorry an avatar is not selling tickets to a show for me to sit down and go laugh like i don't know if that's a joke or not like it's just not there
1: but this is even someone that's a southerner right like i'm like an eighth generation georgian right right? like and i still like and again i guess the way people represent themselves but like it's just when i see people like in a grocery store wearing like a Confederate flag (laughs) t-shirt. And I'm just like, man, like what are you, are putting that out there and that's all people are getting about you. Right. Like they don't know you, they don't know what that has to do with. And I mean, these days I feel like just to be on the record, I don't feel like there's a good reason at all. Right. Like it's, it's like, even if that meant something else a long time ago, the reality is much like that swastika, which was an old catholic symbol that got co-opted by the germans right Mm -hmm. and it's ruined it for everyone that's kind of how i feel about the flag like you know sure i mean again i still think it was rooted in you know a bunch of people that were you know super mad that 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 no people wanted them to not own people anymore but (laughs) yeah but regardless right like that symbol now is just about racism and hate in a time when our country was as fractured as it's ever been it's just there's nothing good about it like and apologies to any of my redneck friends that you know disagree with me about this but that imagery there's nothing positive about that imagery yeah right period just period and but you know it's just like people do that and in my mind i just think to myself it's like how do you you're advertising that and that's all people get you walk into a public place and Unless you happen to know everybody in there, they're going to look and go, "All right, what can I surmise about this cat yeah. in their rebel flag T-shirt?"
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always said it. I've said it a few times on here because the the rebel flag thing is something that's been. I mean, it's been going. It's been a discussion since I can remember. I remember being in fourth grade when they changed when they were getting ready to change the flag for the first time. You know, you know, and stuff like that. And 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 you know, they the flag changed like two or three times in that in that, through that through those few years there but like i've always kind of thought in my head and i've said i've said it out loud before too it's like if you have to if you have to justify and explain it like there's a problem like if you have to wait 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 wait, wait. It, 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 this is what i'm this is why i wear it's like dude it's like you said i don't know you you can say whatever you want it tells me something completely different it tells me i really really don't want to go hang out with you at your house like it tells yeah, me like sure. it's just, just weird. And and I was and it also makes me think of a kid rock concert I went to one time. Um <laughs> oh boy. where uh this is with like one of my exes. Her boss had gotten tickets to Kid Rock. This is the weirdest. Um and I, at one point in time I was a Kid Rock fan. Like early early days, you know. Early days kid rock fan, Devil Without a Cause Kid Rock, right? Um but we go I don't know where the switch happened but we went to we went to this concert and I'm like all right well it's a kid rock concert it's entertaining he's playing he's going around taking everybody's instruments from him and playing him doing whatever being entertaining and then I forget what song it even was but all of a sudden like these red flames shoot up and the biggest rebel flag I'd ever seen in my life drops from the backdrop and I was just kind of like I looked around I was like I am not comfortable anymore. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a very brown yeah. man in the, in the, in the arena floor here. I really have to piss it. I don't really want to go
1: now. <laughs> you know, it, like you got all of a sudden go buddy system for bathroom trips. Like yeah. you got to figure out, <laughs> Hey Rick, walk with me to the bathroom. So I don't
0: get, you know, beat up by some white dudes that are really hopped up and roided out on their rebel flag, pornography, pornography, porn, porn, <laughs> pornography yeah and
1: now their rebel flag boner is at full erection because i've seen the flag the size of like a football stadium that just unfurled behind
0: yeah no shit and they're like come here brown boy we got to put this thing somewhere
1: (laughs) it's like good god
0: (laughs) but like i think about that stuff and i'm just kind of like well if i'm automatically uncomfortable and i grew up in the south you know i grew up with talking to and being friends with people that wore confederate flag stuff you know, because, but it's because I knew them. It's like you said, it's like, like, no. Oh, Shannon. I know Shannon. He's a cool dude. Yeah. If you, if I didn't know him, I'd probably be like, that's, he looks like a dumbass. Like he's wearing a rebel flag belt buckle, but like, no, I knew this guy in third grade and I know he's not a fucking shitty person at heart. He's just poorly placing his pride somewhere.
1: <laughs> but more importantly though, too, is, is that you may not get the full monty shannon because he knows you that's true that's also another thing yeah and and maybe you don't get that because he's like wow yeah i generally don't like brown people but that lopez is all right yeah
0: i've known him since third grade he's not he's not he's not your typical brown guy right like
1: he's not not your normal mexican
0: this guy's whiter than me man (laughs) even though he's not from
1: mexico at all exactly exactly Um, it's just but you know it, it, yeah man i just but people's like their process and it's just and i'm you know but the thing is is like i'm a free expression guy like that's where don't get it twisted like i believe you should have the right to wear that shirt all damn day if you want to wear it but don't be surprised if total strangers think you're an asshole
0: yeah don't uh don't don't What's be something? surprised if you get looks don't be surprised if you get looks. someone sent me the other day uh sent sent me one of our group chats a tweet it was one of those uh it's one of those Georgia accounts that I follow. That just kind of like says, "Oh shit, there's some shit going down in Georgia." You know, look at this shit, uh, Cobb County, Georgia. Uh, so there was a couple dining outside at a restaurant, and this lady, just you, as you would expect, just a really big redneck lady, had like really big on her on her exposed arm, "White Lives Matter," on her oh. like re, like impact font, impact font, <laughs> impact, yeah. <laughs> impact font like white lives matter like it probably took up two-thirds of her fucking arm upper arm and i was like holy shit, i really hope that that's fake like i really just hope that she had someone draw that on there. A little little racial henna tattooing maybe but <laughs> jesus
1: christ dude racist henna would be the greatest Chappelle show skit of all time <laughs> by the way <laughs> for your Um, non-committal racists yeah for when you want to be racist for the weekend (laughs) right
0: if you only only just want to be racist light you know i just want to see what it's like for the weekend
1: you only be racist for two weeks until the henna wears off
0: (laughs) or until you go go get the acetone you know whatever whenever you want to give up on it
1: (laughs) come to cletus's southern henna shop (laughs) Henna
0: pride
1: we've got you covered
0: (laughs) southern henna traditions
1: oh my god that's that is
0: a skit oh it really is it really is um i it's interesting because i i didn't even get to read it because i was i was kind of popping through my normal you know news stuff today i was like like all right i knew we were getting ready to start i was just kind of waiting on you and just kind of popping around the internet and I saw that someone and I don't know if this would ever fly. I think there would be a lot of shit, but I know I saw some group got together and proposed an idea for changing Stone Mountain in Georgia. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the details are, but I was just kind of thinking in my head. I was like, man, like how that would be nationwide news. That would be fucking huge if if they if that was attempted. I'm not saying Uh, it could happen. It might happen. I don't know. Or what you do, but like, just thinking about all the shit that went down. Just what, like, last month at Stone Mountain in the town, because they closed. They closed the fucking park. There was gonna be there was gonna be a um a alt right, I guess rally at <laughs> uh, at Stone Mountain, alt right and KKK rally is what it was gonna Great. be. Um, mm-hmm. and apparently they do this they they do this every year anyway. But
1: this year Stone Mountain. You know was like, what? incidentally you know why yeah that's, unless my history is mistaken the, the clan was founded there yeah they were founded there for sure nathan bedford Forrest, right was the confederate general that i think was at the roots of that so yeah. that was its birthplace
0: it was his birthplace um and so this year they, they the park was like no nah, fuck this noise we you know it's been a year it's been quite a year uh we're gonna close the park today last minute uh, there's like that that morning. They were like, "No, nope, we're not opening," and so all these people had shown up for this rally that wasn't happening. Well, where does it go? It goes to downtown Stone Mountain, a place Ish. that's really not all that close to the actual Stone Mountain. Um, and then counter protesters show up, and I just I sat there. AJC probably had the Atlanta Journal Constitution for those not from Atlanta. AJC had 120 something pictures. I guess they had someone out there just snapping photos. And it was just amazing to see like you know I saw I, I saw people with rebel flags and cans of wasp spray, you know the stuff that goes like 20 30 feet Ugh. and they were shooting it at, at, at counter protesters' faces. And so Jesus. you're just kind of like, how is this how is no one getting arrested here? Like I don't understand how and, and there's pictures of, like you see you can see it if you start looking for it, after I saw that one picture of the guy spraying, some people in the face like you start seeing you start looking and like there's a large percentage of the people on the alt-right protest side or alt-right rally side whatever you want to call it that are that have one or two cans in the back pockets of their jeans and like that's their thing like oh we're just gonna spray them in the face if they get close to us and try to counter protest us and it was just kind of like what the fuck (sighs) is going on
1: man (sighs) oh So, I'll just go. I'm going all in, and just, you know, anybody that uh, is related to me already thinks I'm an idiot anyway. But the Stone Mountain thing, I, I don't want to, this is going to sound weird to say that I struggle with this, right? Like, it's not really a struggle. Like, I think the challenge in any of these about monuments, right? When you start talking about monuments, is that they are point in time things, right? And it was you I was talking to about. The I'm trying to remember where I heard it, but where somebody basically said that it's not the job of it's not the job of the past to correct the flaws of the future and it's not necessarily the job of the futures to to try to correct the flaws of the past because yeah. they're uncorrectable and effectively, right? It's like so you can look and say that that was wrong and we've moved past it. Right, but you can't go back in time and change it. You can only address it now. Right. Right. So, you know, like you think about something like Stone Mountain that tons of time went in, and it's a effectively a pretty. I mean, I think it's the it's the largest granite sculpture in the world, right? It's got there's some significance just from a, you know, and and that's but again, it represents a lost cause, a lost war, a lost, you know, and and that's always my pushback when people talk about heritage and history is no one is suggesting we forget the history. Right. But memorializing bad things. Yeah. Right. Is not good. It's not something you see anywhere else in the world either. You know, and my my super snarky, jerky response when people start talking about is like, yeah, man, it's a shame that since 88, 86, 88, that none of these people in the world know anything about the Berlin Wall. Because, you know, since we tore it down, there's no way for anybody to learn the history. Yeah. It's that argument, right? You're tearing history down. I'm like, by that argument, it's like, so we should have left the Berlin Wall up, right? Because without it being there, you can't. But. You know, those things are like th- that, you know, the other thing that's really weird to me because it seems like there's this weird juxtaposition with people that are really into that whole heritage angle, right? With the Southern stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, are like super pro-America, right? They're usually the people that are waving American flags and talking about the Constitution and, you know, how much they love America. And I'm like, mm, you realize that those were the losers, right? Like, yeah. that's the... Those are and this is it gets us so mad i'm like those are the participation trophies yeah like you got your ass kicked right thankfully in this in the civil war and you were mad you got your ass kicked so you started throwing statues up everywhere Mm -hmm. right it was like your last gasp at somehow holding on to this completely terrible because if the South had won, we would not be in the America, It would have destroyed the United States. Sure. Right. Like there's no telling what w- we would be. Right. Certainly we would not have been in a position to do anything during World War II. Right? right. Split resources, like that whole thing. And we're probably all speaking German or Japanese, right. Depending on which side of the country you lived on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, it's good, right. That the South lost for lots of reasons. Um. And now there's just these, we're gonna memorialize a bunch of traitors, like we're gonna memorialize a bunch of people that didn't want to be a part of America so bad that they literally took up arms, yeah, right, and fought. Yeah, like come on, you can't right, like this is like it's a it doesn't make sense. Like, how can you be pro-Confederacy and pro America? Like to me, that doesn't jam.
0: Well, you know and, what I mean? yeah and what kills me is I think people they equate statues and memorials to to historical things that are in museums right And you're kind of like no you you're not getting the the what a statue means. a statue celebrates something. a statue but, you know honors something. Um, um, you know a museum is set so that we can encapsulate that time period. One of my favorite museums to go to is the World War II Museum in New Orleans. It's fucking amazing. There's, unbelievable it's it is incredible how much shit that they've got in this museum there's like three different buildings it's you know you see the entire artillery like you, see, you get to see the entire artillery of, of pretty much both sides of the war right they have they have this one huge display case that's got every german gun and weapon that the soldiers were using across from a display case with every piece of you know machinery and and guns that that the allied side was using it's incredible but it's also historical it's not no one's there celebrating it no one's saying oh yeah let's you know there's not a statue of hitler in the place there's there are news clippings there are you know plenty of things that that kind of encapsulate that time in history that's what a museum's for you know there's a reason why you don't go to germany and see a statue of hitler standing anywhere
1: not only do you not it's illegal it's illegal like it's illegal to goose step and 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 salute yeah you can't they will arrest you for toting a swastika around right or any sort of nazi i mean and that's the thing like again smartly germany right said oh we need to get rid of all this shit this is bad right like it's bad i'm sure there were people that were alive for lots of years they might even be still be alive now that believe in that cause but they ain't real loud about it because that society has made it abundantly clear that that's not us anymore and we're definitely not going to celebrate it
0: can you imagine if that was if, if the if like rebel flag and and civil war imagery against america was illegal here oh
1: god yeah and again, I also understand, again, the constitutional problem there, Yeah. right? You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. And again, I'm an ex- pre-expression person, right? But again, to me, where this all really falls down, here's the thing, man. Hell, I'm even for it. If you want to go put a statue of Robert E. Lee in your front yard, mm. knock yourself out. But these things all are on public property, yeah. right? Like, these statues are on public grounds. You know, they're, that's like the thing, the only time I've ever, I always try to think of, to your point about empathy, like whenever I'm having these conversations with sane people that disagree with me, I always try to paint things in a picture. So maybe they can, to try to create some empathy, right? Like imagine. And the thing I say is, cause we, cause courthouse steps is a, is a very common place in the South where with town squares, right? Courthouse lawns, you see these Confederate generals and these people memorialized, right? In statue form. Um, Can you imagine if you were a black person going to the court to pay your taxes or to get your driver's license or to do any number of things. And on the way in, you have to walk by a statue of a person that literally fought to keep your ancestors or people of your race as livestock you know the the right to keep them as livestock yeah right like so so you know that's the thing if you want to do it privately knock yourself out sure but the government represents everyone Mm -hmm. that's the whole that's why with the south carolina problem right where they used to fly the confederate flag the state of south carolina black people are citizens too their money's just as good as everybody else's they have all the same rights how in the world can you fly that flag over any government building yeah and thankfully they got rid of it
0: Right. paying taxes like it's it's one of those things like they got rid of it but not without a lot of fucking problems oh. along the way yeah you know and, Ni- and, yeah. Nikki haley was governor at the time i think that's right and now she now she like uses it as like a point of like look what i did when i was there it's like no some people fucking finally twisted your arm enough that you were like oh, okay okay
1: it got so loud that she couldn't ignore it anymore Absolutely. She knew it was a problem. She probably knew it was a problem well before she was even in
0: office. It's not like it's a secret around there. (laughs) It's not, it's flying.
1: It's right there. Yeah. It's it's, a fucking problem. It's it's the state capitol too. It's not like that guy that owns the junkyard down the street that's got the American flag with the Confederate flag in his yard. You know what I mean? It's a government building, right? Like that's the whole ever loving point. I and I just don't, but yeah, man, like just get like, get that shit out of here. You know, like it's, we don't, you know, put it in a museum. You don't have to destroy it, sure. but again, put it somewhere where we're preserving history. We're not memorializing someone that committed the worst, you know, honestly, like the, the worst time in our history. It was the worst time in our history.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it really was. And I mean. It's, it's interesting because I think that, you know, we've had, because how last time me and you sat and talked on a podcast, we've talked a lot since then, you know, it was February. Um, I don't even think I had gone to Boston yet. And either that or I had just gotten back. I don't know. Either way. And pandemic hadn't even happened yet, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we're like, oh, it's 2020. All right. You know, we're, we're going <laughs> into it. I, I need to go back and listen because I, I honestly wonder, you know, what was, what was our problem at the time? Like, what were we like woeing about? Cause God damn, we want to go back and smack those guys. Um, but like so much, I think especially, you know, with a pandemic and everything, people just had time to just sit inside and fucking fester and boil in their skin. You know, like we were, we were watching that. Uh, I was watching that video that I sent over. You said you'd already seen it today um, of the, Coverage of a anti mask like <laughs> demonstration. I don't even know where that was. Where was that?
1: I don't remember St. George. Was, I don't know um, where St. George is. What's that?
0: St. George, I think was the name of the town that was happening in. I don't know what in either way. It felt and the person that originally or the person that tweeted it that I saw it, they just kind of retweeted it and quoted it and was just like, This is not real. This can't be real. It's a funnier die skit. It, it yeah. felt like a funnier die skit. I was just like, I can't believe like you could tell me that this was a funny, like, and I'd be like, that's fucking hilarious. Holy shit. They are
1: the yeah, onion. And back, back to what you're taught. Like the first man on the street at MOS, you know, is when the news grabbed like a crowd person, mm-hmm. like this seven year old kid that, and I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's more people about, die from the flu yeah that's what he said yeah it's like more people die from the flu than die from coronavirus all and right
0: seven-year-old you sold me
1: yeah where'd you get also too, like where'd you get that from
0: i'm just right? not i'm just nodding my head fucking spraying lighter fluid
1: on my fucking masks yep all right yeah. he's got me surely it wasn't from your independent research <sighs> you know what i mean it obviously a parent or somebody has got this kid out there waving a sign yeah right
0: this kid's still figuring out Dr. Seuss.
1: Come on. Give me a break. I, I mean, geez, man. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's so sideways. I mean, the the quarantine has been, you know, I get it. It's hard on people. I'm I'm glad that I am good. Just, again, thankful for video games and streaming video services. Like, mm-hmm. I generally, you know, it, it's a lot harder my wife who's very social, much more social than me. Yeah. You know, but, um, but you know, that's another problem of this whole thing too. Why I think there's all this anger because the sad part about it is, is I think there's a whole lot of people that have figured out that they don't like who they live with.
0: Um, they don't like who they live with and, uh, they don't like who they are in some cases. Um, and it's kind of, I think it's doing a similar trigger that we were talking about earlier with like midlife crisis shit. There's kind of like, Oh fuck, I really don't. I really don't like my situation and I'm, I'm trapped, you know, like they feel trapped. I mean, you, you can always get out of any situation, but is it smart? Is it a good risk? Is it the calculated risk we were talking about earlier? I don't think it is. Not in most cases, but yeah, I well, think, if, I think you have a lot of people that, that feel that way.
1: And thankfully for me, and I'm sure this is the same for you. Like if anything, for me, like I already sort of knew I hit the lotto with the waifu situation. <laughs> Like, and this has only reminded me that I landed with a partner that is, right, like, is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we're we human, right? We certainly have our moments where we get up under each other's skin. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, shit, man, like, I look around and go, oh, my God, like, I got so lucky. Mm. Y- you know, 100%. with, like, who I'm with. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah
0: it's absolutely it's absolutely the case because i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of folks we know that are like i'm going crazy and we're just kind of like we're fine you know we've got (laughs) we've got you know we've got our own space to work we're both able to work like and that helps a lot i'm sure i'm sure that there's a lot of people who are under a lot of pressure that couldn't work shit like that um and you know we're just we get along really well and so it didn't it for us it was kind of like cool more time to hang out like it's just kind of one of those things and then we still have our own respective areas to go to and do our own like work stuff and our own hobby stuff and it's kind
1: of neat you know I'm like we're watching Jeopardy reruns and making blueberry muffins Um, that's right um, this is kind of I mean we're kind of (laughs) good
0: that's right you guys got the KitchenAid recently that
1: you're going to be the baker is (laughs) in the baker is here that thing is glorious isn't it though isn't it though next next two next things on the list are um i'm going to do some apple muffins like some spiced apple muffins Mm. and then my favorite cake of all time is german chocolate really yeah so that's going to be the next move also fun fact if you didn't know german chocolate cake is not germany the guy that came up with it is american named samuel german
0: (laughs) i didn't know Um, that
1: yeah and it started out as germans apostrophe chocolate cake at the bakery where they started making it originally and oh. it just eventually got shortened to german chocolate cake so i'm sure the germans have milked that for all it's worth sure. but that's not from germany it's like from pennsylvania if I'm, you're keeping track of your
0: home i'm fairly certain i've been to family functions where there's been a german chocolate cake and i've seen relatives take a bite and be like man these german motherfuckers figured it out <laughs> I definitely yeah. know
1: I've heard it because it made me laugh. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. know it was a guy named German that did it. It's a guy. His name was Samuel German. Um, Old and Sam. I knew. Let me see if I can. Now I got it. And it was the whole just the chocolate cake with the pecan coconut. Um, 1852. Mm. Um, Dallas, Texas
0: wow so so it's a texan chocolate cake
1: and because at the time i guess baking with cocoa right or whatever was sort of a newish thing Uh, okay um and yeah it was baker's chocolate company Mm -hmm. and it was baker's germans sweet chocolate and then eventually they just like newspapers and stuff just drop the possessive started that's calling crazy. it german chocolate cake
0: that's funny i and never knew that i never knew that that's cool
1: yeah so because i think maybe what even prompted it for me was there may have been an offhanded joke to my wife or something about i really like german chocolate cake sorry <laughs>
2: um
1: <laughs> And then I looked around, I was like, wait, it's not German. It's some dude, Sammy German <laughs> Sam- from, like, Frisco, Texas. <laughs> old Sam German hooking us up,
0: hooking us up from the 1800s. Um, Well, um, we've been going for a hot minute. That was that? Go
1: ahead. I was going to say, do you guys have one of those stand mixers?
0: We do. I actually, I forget. I bought the wife one for Christmas. How long she had that thing? It's probably been... Almost uh, maybe eight, eight, nine years ago, I got it for her. She's, we need to have a
1: bake-off. We
0: need to have a bake-off, coming, yeah. Coming for you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I did want to touch on, before we got out of here, um, some gear upgrades. We both got gear upgrades since the mm-hmm. last time. It's the last time we uh, recorded together, since the last time I even recorded my podcast. Look at this guy with his Shure SM7B dynamic microphone. How do you like it, man?
1: Um, I re- I like it. I mean, it's and also sexy. got the, also got the PSA one, which you I think also have there. Yep, yep, yep. The uh, boom stand for it. It's great, man. I, it's um one of the things that I really like. Um, it it just it sounds great, and I I do directionally like how you know what I mean. It's pretty. You've got good play. You know what right. I mean. If you, if you need to get out of it, you know what I mean. So mm. you you know because that's hard with like i was using a 58 which has got it's got a little more you know i'm over here muting out out everything you know because it's just so it's not as directional but um the one thing i was worried about with this to get into geary shit which is cool and this is where the roadcaster sort of comes through is is one of the challenges with this mic and i don't know how the the ev or the 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 re20 um is which is the one you have Mm -hmm. um this is really sensitive to what kind of driver is behind it and if whether you can get enough gain out of it. Right. And the good thing is, is that the, the roadcaster pro, which is the mixer that we both have, um, it's got on board, you know, processing and it's drives it enough. So there's this thing called a cloud lifter that a lot of people use that effectively just allows you to pump more gain out of this mic. But as you can hear from now, it's like it, it's got it, it, it's got plenty of horsepower. Behind the the Rodecaster,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, the the preamps inside this uh, inside the Rodecaster Pro are are plenty powerful for your for your SM7B. Plenty powerful for mine. I, I've actually got, I mean, I'm I've got my mic level at the same place it was for the uh, AT2020, the Audio Technica I was using before. So I'm not even like a lot of people. So our buddy JPod, um, you know, he's a he's a streamer, um, and he just got a the same audio interface I had before this, which is the Focusrite 2i2. I think you got the, mm-hmm. the single the single XLR version of that, the Solo or whatever it's called. And uh, he's like, I've got to jack this thing up so much because he got an SM7B as well. He ended up having to get a cloud lifter just because he didn't like having his gain up so loud. Um, yeah. So, but now he's in good shape. It sounds great. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting the RE20 because it's kind of been my dream microphone. It's fucking gigantic, but... <laughs> it's uh it's awesome um it's it's kind of the same uh the same mic that i used in pretty much every radio studio i worked in and i got i had to get the shock mount you got to get the bouncy shock mount
1: gotta have the shock mount.
0: fucking incredible um and i don't have a reason to ever get another mic for a while for a long 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 while things the same
1: the other thing that's cool about this mic with our house because you know my wife works at CNN and obviously she uses this same setup here to file reports and you know do her stuff. You know before I had this old 58 which if you guys don't know the lingo the 58s that old ball mic like you've ever seen it's got the silver ball on the top that like every there it is like there every you're, if you're watching on YouTube musician, every stage musician in history right you've seen that mic right it's like what everyone sings through because it's just a beast. You could throw that thing in a Tank. puddle of mud and you know and it'll it'll sound you know, just like it did before. Um, but it's not visually great. And so when Holly was, you know, doing, um, recording stuff in here, she was always real sensitive because the other thing too, is she doesn't like, I'm wearing headphones right now, like full cans. And so are you like full ear cover f- headphones. She's got, which is actually another cool thing about the roadcaster is, which I don't know if I know you know this, but there's a three and a half millimeter Jack on the front of the roadcaster, which is the same as your channel one mm-hmm. for your headphone. Mm-hmm. Um, she has an IFB. So Holly has a molded in-ear that she would take because they carry their own around. You obviously don't use them. So like if she goes into a studio and she's going to sit at a desk or file a report, she just plugs in to the audio interface and she can get everything in her ear so producers can talk to her or whatever. So when she's doing recording now, she three and a half's in into the front of the roadcaster and channel one puts her IFB in so you can't see it. Right? It's, it's low profile. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in her ear and she can hear people talking but she's not wearing headphones or anything and then but before she always worried because the, i had that orange i had that orange foam cover on there and you know just when she's doing something it doesn't look right so she would try to record everything like this where she tilt the camera up and i'm just moving this down out of frame right for video and she would jack it up real high so you could hear her but now, just because this is a professional microphone, you know what I'm saying? Like, it looks like, you know, it looks like a mic you get in a studio. Right. So now she's less, subco- she's less self-conscious about it. if she's doing a, a segment, she can have the mic in shot because it it's a pro mic and it right. doesn't look like you threw a $90.58, which sounds fine, right? Mm. But it just looked funky so for her she's like oh now i don't have to mess with the level so much because i don't mind so much that this is in frame same thing with yours like that is what radio still radio stations use those mics Absolutely. right so like, yeah you see if you see shots of people in studio there's a 80 percent chance i would bet it's probably that high 70 80 it's either this gonna... or,
0: it's, or, it's, or it's the one you're using like it's very rarely yeah. is it outside of the two microphones we have right now
1: you know that's what they're using and so it just looks good right sitting in especially with the shock mount like that's the only thing with this it comes on a on a it doesn't need the shock mount and it right. comes with a different sort of mount rack or whatever but um they're a very classic look if you google image the ever the Electra voice RE20
0: and the shure SM7B um for those of you that are just listening um on the, to the podcast like if you do that you in Google Image it, you would see those two things and you'd be like, oh, I've seen one of those before. You've seen the the sure SM seven B I've seen in several music videos. I think I think I saw it in like even like Michael Jackson videos back in the day when they would have like those music videos where he would be like singing in the studio and kind of stuff like that. And uh that 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 mic's been around forever. This fucking mic that I'm on has been around forever too. Like it yeah, just forever. it's the classic, it's the classic radio mic. You know you may have seen one like on larry king's desk when back when he did like a
1: 100 you know, percent. and like if you are thinking too like if you watch any rogan a rogan, rogan yeah. You, yeah, from sevens right mm-hmm. so that's that like you know that um whatever but yeah man it's um and to your point what's great about them is it's a they're not cheap but you only got to buy it once
2: yeah
0: you only you, have to, you know that's, like, it. that's it that's it you're done like it's you really have to fuck these things up to fuck them up. You know what I'm saying? Like you really have to do some work and, and knowing how particular particular I am about my equipment, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I won't allow it. I'll throw myself in front of my mic if I have to. (laughs) One
1: day you're going to come in and bon bon just going to be standing on the desk, just gnawing on the end of that thing.
0: And I will have the next day. There will be a brand new Boston Terrier for adoption. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and ty just sitting there like i tried to tell her not tried, to do it hey man look she was biting me i couldn't say shit Oh <laughs> man, um, yeah that's i guess that's some other things changed. i don't know if i've talked about we've got a new boston terrier here in the house um bonnie oh she's, i'm
1: a part of the reveal podcast for the, the
0: bond reveal the, i don't she's not down here right now so i can't really put her on camera but uh i, I we we actually have an instagram for her Cause that's what people do now. That's that's how you that's how you consolidate your memories. Is you get an Instagram, mm-hmm. um, you can check out the the Boston Bonnie on Instagram. There's a couple of Bonnie the Boston Terriers on Instagram, so I had to do the Boston Bonnie. So uh, you can check her out. She's a fucking, She's
1: the Boston Bonnie.
0: The Boston Bonnie. Yeah.
1: You should have done the real Boston Bonnie.
0: The real Bonnie, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just how long can we make the Instagram handle for her?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> She's awesome. We, um, they're, yeah, it's fun to watch her and your other, your pit play. She just they goes. clearly are, have bonded.
0: They just go at it. Like she, well, I say they go at it. She goes at it, and Ty just defends the whole time. He's like, all right, okay, all right. He just, he won't, he won't, he won't like, at first we were kind of like, man, I hope she doesn't piss him off because he could just like, when she, when we first got her, she fit in your hand and but she was still just going right after him immediately and i was like please don't fling her across the room please don't I fling mean, her
1: he still outweighs her by 60 pounds oh, right yeah. like i mean whatever like he probably weighs what 75 80 pounds and yeah, she he's weighs like
0: 70 yeah uh uh-huh. she's like 10. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah so i mean you know clearly yeah we um we lost one of ours a couple of weeks ago yeah and uh we still got our hound they were both around 14 Um, but our pit mix, um, got really sick, really fast. She had been, she was a cancer. She had had cancer for five and a half years. So like we got, we got a lot of time, a lot more time out of her than we thought we would. But, you know, I know you went through this with Bean and with Bella, but it's never easy. No, Um, it never is man. Losing one of them. But on the other hand, like much like your dogs, you know, cashmere was our dog they lived really long. I mean, you know, for her size 14 and f- cancer at, at eight and a half years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's an, she lived a long life. I mean, it's really hard for her to not be, I mean, she would be laying right there right mm-hmm. now. Like she would be in here, like laying there, right. Yeah. Like if we were up here chilling and that's the hardest part, you know, is just not, she's not tick ticking around. You know what I mean? Like on her, Oh yeah. You know her thing and but she was she was an unbelievable dog but that's kind of our we've already like we don't want to do that to barnsley our hound because he's very particular and a little skittish and sure they grew up together and we're cool um but you know he's 14 and i don't know how much you know i don't know how much longer i mean he's doing okay but there's just time is you know he's effectively like a 90 year old man sure yeah i mean um but I'll just say, but you know, we've already like we sort of got through it, and we're kind of already like you know we've been eyeballing the rescues and the itch, it It kind of like what's the next move? You know what I mean? Like when he finally goes and like you guys is like we would never just do one because we want them to be able to hang out and yeah, you know, chill together. It's hard to think about, but um, I just I. I wish people looked at other people like our pets looked at us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think some people, some people do, but there's not many. There's not many at all. Um, it's interesting. Like, I don't even think, I don't even think I did. Like, cause that this happened during pandemic. I didn't do much podcasting during the pandemic. But yeah, Bean passed. Bean was uh, uh, the last Boston Terrier we had, um, along with Bo, and uh, she passed and. It is weird, man, when that, that happens, like, and obviously Bella last year, like, they've been around for so long, like, being, like, she was 14, you know, much like your dog, she was 14, and um, we we thought we were losing her, like, a year and a half, two years before we actually did, because, you know, she had, she had just, as dogs do, they develop certain things that they cannot eat anymore, and stuff like that, and we finally figured out, because she lost a ton of weight, and we were like, oh, great, this is happening, you know, and thankfully the last thing we tried was like this special dog food. And she started putting weight back on and started not, not fucking shitting everywhere. Basically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was actually back to semi normal other than, you know, being old and getting a little blind. Um, But yeah, like when they, when they pass away, like you just kind of like you, you're, you spent 14 years taking care of them. Right. And so you're used to walking around the corner and it's like, Oh, she's going to be in her spot, not in her spot. You know, it's just, it's just weird. And like you said, the little tick, 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 tick. It's just, you get used to the rhythm of the house and the rhythm of where they're at and like stuff like that. So it's interesting, but you know, we, we took a little time. Um, we had, we just had Ty cause Bella passed last year and he was just kind of, and a lot of this is probably us projecting on him. He's, he's always been like kind of a lazy dog anyway, but we are always like, man, he needs a friend. He needs a friend. And he's probably just like, shut the fuck up. I would no. rather just hang out with you guys. I don't need to share. This only dog thing is kind of awesome. Kind what of are funny. you guys doing? Yeah, I'm putting on a little weight. You guys are giving me some extra treats.
1: It's great. <laughs> oh, the treat, dude, the 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 treat tsunami. That's the thing is my wife, like Barnsley's living like large right now, right? Because <laughs> Like since Kadra went, like he's getting full attention, right? Like he's the only dog and like he's getting, uh, she. I'm not shitting you. She makes eggs and hot dogs for him in the morning. Wow. Like, you know, because he he is a picky, always been a picky eater. He's, he's not food motivated, which is really strange for dogs, but he's been like that since he was a puppy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and she's just like, but yeah. And she's like, I'm making some eggs. Do you want some? And I'm like, okay. And she comes in with the pan and like scoops them in. And I was like, I thought you were making eggs for you. And she's like, no, I'm making eggs for the dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, man. It's just like, I know it's just like, but you know, also points in time, like, you know, we've, um, to the in two days is my anniversary and um it'll be 14 it'll be 14 years wow so we've had Barnsley and cashmere have basically been our we got them at the very beginning of our marriage you know so like they've been our whole life together has been with them and that's the other weird thing right about cashmere being gone is like our entire married life she's been a part of it yeah you know and and then she's just not anymore.
0: That's been the pack, right? Like that was that was what was weird, you know. Our, you know, mine and Chris's um, original, you know, pack was her dog that she had when you know Bella when we met, and then I had Bo and Bean. That was, that was the original three. So that was we always called that the original pack, and uh, it was just it was weird when that changed. The first time that was when Bo passed away, and it was kind of like, man, that's that's odd, but it's still we, we still at least got you know to the original pack we went a little time then we ended up getting tie uh right right after we got married and uh you know then you know bean and bella passed and so now it's kind of like it's weird like we're it's we're like pack 2.0 it's yeah it's odd because we saw so so a lot a lot has changed so so bean passed um we got Bonnie in June um so this all happened during quarantine we got Bonnie in June and then uh, circumstances with family members um, ended up getting us a third dog, so we're back up to three. Um, uh, so we have a to to throw further confusion in the Lopez household. This dog's <laughs> name is Tybee, so now we have Ty and Tybee. So I've I've pretty much resorted to calling Ty Chungus all the time now because he responds to Chungus. So so <laughs> so now it's like no, no, it was a Tybee and and Chungus. And uh, <laughs> and Bonnie, so we're back mm-hmm. up to three, um and it's it's interesting every day because uh, Tybee's been I've talked to you about her a few times. She's very much from where she came from. She was mostly an outside dog. She could kind of. She lived in a kind of a very uh, like a semi-rural neighborhood, and she just kind of had roam. To do. she would just come in at night and stay in her little doghouse in the nice air-conditioned garage, but the rest of the day she was just out wandering around. So she's. feral, almost like she's not used Mm -hmm. to being inside. Like they, they didn't really let her, I mean, unless the weather was bad or something like that, they didn't really let her come inside and just lounge around the house. So she's just like, I can, I can get on the couch. Like I can get up here. We're like, fucking lay down. You're in the way you you tall bitch. You're in the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just standing on the couch. Like I can lay down. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. please (laughs) lay down. (laughs) And now she, you can't get her off the couch.
1: Yeah, she loves camping out. I'm going to start calling her Beldar oh. or Premat was the one cuz she's got the cone going right now. She's full cone head at the moment.
0: Oh yeah, she's got she's got a, probably about another week with that thing on. She's got some she got a few skin things going on and she just she just rubbed her face on the carpet so much she, she just started making her eyes like her the outside of her eyes like really raw. So we're putting ointment on. We're doing all kinds of shit, but she's she's great. Uh one of one of the people at, in my Twitch chat uh likes to call her chaco bork and that's caught on mm-hmm. um, yeah so chaco bork is a thing and then he also pointed out that she looks like just compared to the other dogs she looks like a fucking uh at at from star wars <laughs> She's like she just looks like a
1: big brown furry at <laughs> and i was like I wasn't around for that at-at. i didn't know that that was one of the things but yeah she is tall she's like my hound right she's yeah. long like barnsley's legs barnsley before his hips went and he's kind of you know now he's arthritic he used to jump up on his hind legs and put his paws on my wife's shoulders because mm. my wife's like five two yeah and he would be eye level with her like that's how tall he was on his back legs yeah and you know he's just a lanky rangy you know because tabby looks like she's got some hound in her for sure
0: yeah she's got those long ears um she's got she's got definitely built like a like a hunting dog like a hound uh she kind of if you've ever seen vislas she looks a lot like a visla too she's kind of got a similar facial structure but you could tell like there's hunting dog in there all that stuff she's very vocal like even when she's just kind of getting comfy She's (laughs) she's like wait all right calm down she yawned every, <laughs> every yawn is a whine, you know, it's just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One of yep, those pretty much. That's You're what gonna, Barnsley, the same thing. Yeah. We got lucky with him though. Cause he's not a bear. Like that's the other thing is like, no, normally you get a hound. You run the risk that they bay and they'll do it in the middle of the night. Like they'll do it. And he's fairly quiet. Like he can get there right when he needs to, but it wasn't a constant thing. And we actually, someone sent us the other day after cashmere passed, there was a hound, and it looked more like a bloodhound as opposed to like a what barnes is a black and tan coon hound so he's Mm -hmm. a little different but um and it was a puppy and the ad basically was like needs a home um needs a an owner must have a fenced in backyard and experience with hounds and i was like oh we're definitely not because that means that thing is making noise constantly that's code for like be prepared for it like two thirty in the morning to hear a squirrel on the roof or something and just go batshit crazy, right? right? Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, we're not we got so lucky with with Barnsley, like he's not like that. Like he can get outside and can get to barking, but like he he definitely is not a not a bear. And they're also usually really drooly. We were lucky he was dry mouthed, so we didn't Jeez. have to deal with all the drool. She
0: doesn't, she, has, she doesn't bay. She, she will bark when she sees other dogs and other animals and stuff like that. But, uh, and thankfully she's a little bit drooly, but not too much. She's not too bad. We just got to, well, I think what we need to get is one of those uh, drool free water bowls. You ever seen those before? Or just lets a, enough water up for them to like lap up but it doesn't they can't submerge their whole jowl system into the water because <laughs> that her and ty would do it all the time they'll just be like lick 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 then they just turn their head and it's just like a murder scene of water all yeah, over the just,
1: place it's just draining out from yeah. the whole thing we do have this really cool contraption which it doesn't matter now for you that because they're pretty young but i'll send you the link if you want to look at it but first of all it's elevated. So it's in a big sturdy plastic wide thing and it sits up about two and a half, two feet up off the ground so they can get to it without having to go real low, you know, down to the ground. And it's just your regular metal, that chrome metal, you know, two big bowls. And you, I guess they technically set up where you could do food in one, water in the other, but with two dogs, it was just only water because sure. you fed them. But it's got a rim around it and then it all, it's got a slight tilt so when they're drinking, any splashing just gets caught in the thing and it drains down underneath. And if they pull their head out, it catches it all. Now wow. if they walk away, it'll you know it'll get them. But and then just periodically, you just dump the whole top lifts off, and you just can take it to the sink or whatever and just dump the bottom where oh. like the remnants. And it keeps a, it kept, because we were, with Barnsley, cashmere was pretty clean, but not only does Barnsley stand up out of it and then it all just falls out of his mouth, but he's a very aggressive drinker and it's water is just flying yeah. in all directions. You know what I mean? Like, cause his tongue, like it's the same thing. Like when he eats eggs, like he goes to lick and he'll get like half the egg and the other egg flies like 10 feet across the room. <laughs> and so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's been great for them to keep their heads up, you know, so they don't have to. Get so low to Mm. get to the water, but also it's good for catching a lot of. Because our floor actually in the kitchen, we have hardwoods, and they were starting to warp a little. Oh wow! Just because there was always so much water, just constantly sloshing over. You know what I mean? Onto the floor.
0: Yeah, we've got wood floors in the in the kitchen as well, so we're trying to like make sure. We're constantly like, all right, feel like feel like you're cleaning up the mat after a round in the UFC or some shit. And uh yeah. or you're like one of those guys in the fucking NBA that running around with the squeegee on the on the court.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well if you've got a dispenser, that might work. But I'll send you the link to this thing. It's been good. And like for Barnsley, again, like the fact that he doesn't have to bend all the way down to drink. Um, yeah. we feel like it's good for his back and you know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. it's it's pretty handy. That's a you that's a thing too, man. You start getting into the world of like dog accessories, oh like my that's God. like it just turns into it's a rabbit hole that you could spend. It A really is. well and and trying especially
0: when you've got pit mixes power chewers like you've you've got to, f- you're constantly all right he's he's going through this toy like crazy got to find something else ty will bite like we're convinced he will bite through it like he the the kong super chew or the kong extreme no he just
1: oh he wrecks the kongs
0: oh th- we got him so we got him the 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 ball like the round ball with the hole in the middle. He loves that but he will slowly pick at it pick at that until it turns into like an odd odd shape right we got him the we got him the tire the big like full-on tire um that's you know probably bigger than a donut but it's 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 made out of that really hard black rubber walked out in the hall one day it was a friday of course in the in the afternoon walked out in the hall and was like i was like hey there's 75 percent of the tire where's the rest of it <laughs> nowhere not a shred nothing In his
1: belly that's yeah. what
0: it is yeah so the wife's like we got to take him in I'm like I'm like i'm pretty sure he tore into little pieces but we can take him in doctor was like yep just gonna have to just look at his poops <laughs> yep, <laughs> pretty much for the for three days it was just pieces of tire in his poop
1: did you try to get it have you tried the double one where you can put the disc treat in the middle no right i have to send you that so this one's cool it's two big fat kong like circles they're like two cones
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right and they're that hard and they've got the little nubs on the inside Mm -hmm. and they screw apart and there's a again the hard in the middle and they make you these discs they're about the size of a um they're like like an old mini disc, you know, or whatever, like smaller than a like half the size of a CD. Sure. And they're about a quarter to a half inch thick. And you put the little treat and you, you twist it closed. And the treat sits in the middle of these two cones. So what ends up happening is, is they can't get their full mouth around it. So they just can gnaw at the treat because the cone kind of blocks them and they could eventually get to it but they focus on the treat and it prevents them and they get their chewing in, but it prevents them from going after the toy because they're so focused on this little meat disc or whatever it is. That's like in the middle this jerky thing that's in the middle. Yeah. And Kashmir loved it. And you could just put a treat in it and she would just work on it for hours. Cause it's hard to get out and they don't know spatial relations. You know what I mean? To like turn their head and go, Oh, I can just use like my, like if I just use my pointy tooth, I could just stick it in that thing. And eventually go at it. (laughs) and their mouth doesn't fit right like they can only get like their two front teeth on it and just barely right um and she was a chewer too like so that was her you know again like she slowed down when she got older but when she was younger i mean windowsills stairs like she ate every like carpet she did like 10 g's worth of chew damage to the house
0: oh man yeah bonnie's doing the carpet thing right now oh god she's also losing her baby teeth so it's it's She's probably teething as well. We're getting her one of those uh, teething rings. Like couple, we're getting a couple of those teething rings that you can freeze. She loves ice, so you can mm-hmm. freeze them and they're kind of like they're kind of soft in the middle. So it just kind of gives you that ice feeling, but you can't bite through it every time. Um, but yeah, there's this thing right now. Ty's favorite thing is the uh, there's a it's called the Kong Jumbler, and it's like this big. It's like a, it's probably like the size of maybe just slightly smaller than a bowling ball. But it's plastic on the, it's like, not plastic, but like a hard rubber on the outside, but you can see through the middle of it and it's got a tennis ball in the middle. So when you shake it around, it it like knocks around inside this thing. It's like shaking a tennis ball inside of a milk carton kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. he loves it. He's not allowed to have it by himself because he can easily tear that thing up. If he had, give him a good hour with it, he'd probably tear it to pieces, but he loves to chase it outside just to fucking throw that thing across the yard and he just takes off after it. He loves that shit, so that's how we get exercise with him when we're not taking him out for a walk or something like that. And we're actually getting, this week, we're getting the, the backyard uh, fence put in, so they're going to get a little more uh, time to run around outside because right now, it was never a problem before with the original pack, um, but um, right now we've got a neighbor, a neighbor with a fenced-in yard next to us. The other neighbor doesn't have a fenced-in yard, but her granddaughter has a dog, and they just, all go running after each other if they're all outside at the same time so we're like you know what fuck it we're putting in a backyard fence so we don't have to like we can just step outside with them and not have to worry about them running over to the neighbor's house and do we have to break up a fucking dog fight like all this shit
1: yeah we immediately fence like because we just knew with because we had we had dakota and bonnie bonnie was our uh border collie oh yeah yeah And, uh, and uh we just we just were like we bought the house we're like just build in fence costing and let's just go ahead and get it done because they're you know and we and that way we can just cut them loose and we don't have to worry about them running off and he and dakota was a big old big fat head yellow lab you oh, know with yeah. that just head and um and then of course when we got the other dogs cashmere would dig under the fence and we did that for a while too like outside of a chewer she was also a digger yeah. um but she finally got through with all that and um and the fencing is still there which will be because that's the other thing with puppies too because when we got them they were full grown in the slats and i we have spacing so it's a privacy fence but it's not fully you know right and i'm like oh shit we get a puppy we might have to get one that's big i think they could squeeze through the middle you know we're going to have to figure that out you know bon, the other
0: bonnie things, pr- bonnie probably could my bonnie probably could oh she's 100 she's like liquid.
1: I know she wants to also do, which I don't know if you guys have done, but there's serious conversation before puppies about putting in a dog door um, so they can, so she can, because we actually, for no kid in the last probably three or four years, we just left our back door open constantly, even at night, right? So like overnight, because we'd come down the morning and somebody like peed in the dining room or whatever. So we were just like we got so fed up. It's like we may get killed in our sleep, but it's worth it if it's, they can go out. <laughs> pee don't in have the middle, to clean of
0: the up day. another puddle of piss. Um, <laughs> we've we've talked about once the backyard fence is in, they've got those uh, those doggy doors that that you put the chip on your dog's uh, collar, and yeah, and it it's, it's proximity and it releases because yeah, that would be that would be kind of cool. That that'd be a bit of an expense, but you know we we need to replace the back door anyway, so we're we're talking about it. It might end up there doing go.
1: that. Them. yeah you start again you start thinking about things like doors and just like that can't be that bad let me go check out lowe's dot holy shit holy fuck this is gonna
0: be yeah <laughs> no i'm sure don't don't, when, don't they have an amazon basics version of this thing
1: that's when you need to tap your buddy banshee and go hey you want to scratch that diy itch make <laughs> me a goddamn dog door <laughs> yes.
0: I i needed to be uh radio controlled i needed to be able to open when my dogs get close to it scratch on that for a little while i'll probably get it in like five years (laughs) hey the dog door's ready like what the fuck you talking about man yeah are you kidding we have like what do you mean like
1: where are we gonna put that i told you about that ages ago i'll
0: tell you what needs to happen once once i mean who knows when the pandemic thing's gonna be squared away but once everything's kind of square i want to get me you and banshee together like in person to just fucking shoot the shit i think it'd be a fun time
1: we had we podcast one of our first, I want to say one of our first podcasts, ever not our first one, but one of them was me, you, and Banshee. Like That's just, right. We have done that before. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was fun. Um and uh I tell you when the what I want to do when the pandemic clears up is I'm ready to come get some of that bacon fried rice at ah, the
0: ninja. Ninja, ninja. ninja Steakhouse yeah. and sushi. Oh, yo, yo. I miss it so much.
1: I'll never for man, like I was so. It's so funny, like at the risk of sounding a little bit homoerotic, uh, uh, when we had talked about that for so much, and then I just was, I i hadn't been out of the hospital for well, I'd been out of the hospital, but I hadn't been out of recovery for very long. And you know, I wanted to hang out with you because I mean, I haven't, I hadn't seen you in so long. I mean, you know, because I, what I was out of commission for, I mean, you came to visit me in the hospital and Mm -hmm. stuff, but like I, at the house but i'd been out of commission for a good solid year right and um when i finally got better you were like well we're gonna go to ninja right and the whole thing and like i came up and it was me you chris and crucial Mm -hmm. um met us over there and i drove up and i didn't say anything because i wasn't you know that was like the farthest i've gone for sure right since everything but like we ate and it was awesome but like when i got back out to the car like i was so tired like i was exhausted and i was like i hadn't driven you know and i was like sweating like i was so but like i wanted to come hang out so bad you know what i mean and then of course the, the the rice I had heard so much about the rice and then that just sort of made it all worth it. But um I'll never forget, like when we all left, I had to sit in the parking lot for like 10 minutes and just like
0: <laughs> collect yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's a 45 minute drive home or 50 yeah. minutes, whatever, back to the house. And I was just and it was nighttime or whatever. And I was just and I even text Holly and I was just like, I need you to check in with me like every 10 minutes. Like I sort of thought I was ready for this, but maybe I wasn't like just from like a physical strength standpoint. <laughs> and I was like, but I wanted to go see Lopez and Chris so bad that I just said, fuck it. I'm going to just roll the dice. <laughs> and, uh, and it was totally fine. But man, when I got, so the thing too, is the whole time, like when I was there, the other part, which is hilarious that you don't think about, cause I'd lost so much weight, you know, I'd lost like 80 pounds. It was really hard to sit on anything, not padded. Oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. because you just don't have any, you know, you just don't have any, meat on your bones. And I remember like, I, I enjoyed the ninja, but I think this next time is going to be much more enlightening because my ass was killing me because the seats there are just like they're wood. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there like shifting back and forth a bunch. Cause I was just like, I'm just bony. Yeah, and then and then I was starting to get tired, and then after you eat, you get that pre like post eating like oh yeah, the you know thing, <laughs> and I was just like oh my god, I hope I get home. Like I want to say I slept like twelve hours after that. Like I got home and like went straight to bed, and I think I like I I may have got went to bed at, like ten and didn't get up until like ten o'clock the next day. Holy shit! Um, but uh, but I enjoyed it, but I I feel like maybe I'm gonna be able to fully focus on the glory of the ninja nice the next time <laughs> yeah to man wear.
0: i we we've we've been talking about it since pandemic started as, as soon as we were like all right we can't really go anywhere do anything she's like i want sushi i was like god damn it <laughs> who knows when
1: that's going to happen but fortunately susie showed up on our uber eats like the place that we like near us nice did delivery and so we've been able to order it but i tell you man that Uber Eats shit is, pri- it's handy, but it is pricey.
0: It adds up quick. It adds up quick. Like, I would, I definitely go and. Uh, I think I've only done Uber Eats or Grubhub or something like that, like once or twice, but for the most part, I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to go out and pick it up. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just going to go out and pick it up. Fuck it. I, I mean, my level of laziness is at <laughs> a place where that's a hard, you know, I should do that. But then I start thinking about, holy shit, man, it's $30 for our food, and then it's 15 bucks once the service charges and stuff. And then I start thinking about, is $15 worth me putting on pants? <laughs> um, yes. Maybe not.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, man, we, we're two and a half hours. I'm going to get the hell out of here and start trimming right. this thing up, man. I appreciate you being on. If you want to check out Sean, uh, he's on Twitter at Sean ATL. Uh, and you can check out the too much information podcast with Sean Arnold. That's tmi uh, TMIpod.com. I'll have links up on Lopez Radio. Um, anything you want to suggest to folks to check out on um, to watch? What to watch?
1: I will I will say one thing is I did have naming problems because it was you know, tmipod.com is the website, but then it was too much information. So I've now changed it on all the services to where the podcast is actually just called TMI Pod. Because okay. people were seeing that and they would go search for TMI Pod and it didn't yield any results because you actually had to type out too much information. So, nice. and TMI Pod's is actually really unique. There's nothing else that's called exactly that. So that's awesome. everything now is just under TMI Pod everywhere. If you go to iTunes or Spotify or cool. Stitcher or whatever. So um I just did um there's a, a friend of ours named Jamie Bendel who um owns the punchline which is a he's an attorney but he owns a, which is a really famous comedy club here in town and mm-hmm. he's just a very thoughtful smart guy yeah. and um that's one of my more recent ones. So if you're going to pick one to grab that one's pretty good. Yeah, um,
0: we actually listened to the Jamie one on our uh, on our road trip. Um, really good, really good interview. Jamie's been on this podcast before. He's he's just such a smart dude. Like you, you feel like honestly when you talk to Jamie, whether you're doing a show with him or or just shooting the shit with him, like you're like holy hell. Like I've just I could sit here and talk to you for like four or five hours. Like it, the guy is just so interesting like i like i had him on the podcast and and we've talked to him several times before uh doing random projects and stuff like that with him um but just running into him like you end up talking for like an hour or two because it's just so good to catch up with a dude like that i would highly suggest listening to that one it's uh like you said it's one of the more recent ones and they get into some really cool shit man it's it's really interesting because he brings like a really unique perspective like i really enjoyed you guys talking about like life and you know you guys definitely touched way more on uh the kind of a thing that me and you talked about tonight that that midlife crisis to you know moving into your middle and later years like he's getting ready to he's got one more kid that's gotta leave i think that's going to be leaving the house next year or whatever and they're going to be empty nesters and that was such a cool conversation because a I am not in that situation, but I know Jamie, and it's interesting because I know that his daughters are like his fucking life, man. He loves yeah. them so much. So it's it's cool to see that side, and I'm sure it's bittersweet for him too. So
1: yeah, and and again, he's also too like an, an amazingly well. So that's the other thing too is like yeah. you you there's very few things you could that could come up in conversation where he's not at least marginally informed you know what i mean and and it's just that's what's why he's fun to talk to is just he's he's on top of things right and he thinks about you know stuff so um so that's a good one um now i'm gonna do this to actually put myself into a into a pickle Mm -hmm. um I, i haven't done this before but I think that my YouTube channel is M. Sean Arnold, M-S-H-A-W-N-A-R-N-O. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done some random things that mostly I've played some music and some, put some songs up and stuff. But um, my next project I want to do is I actually think I want to start going through my podcast catalog. And I'm going to take those things you're talking about with people and cut them up into much more consumable clips. Um, and then do video and it it won't be video. It'll be, you know, I'll probably do an animation. That's just got like a logo and a picture of the guest. You know what I mean? It'll really just be the audio, but, um, Like one of the things with Jamie that another the the life stuff was good, but we had a really interesting conversation about sort of cancel culture and this whole idea about comedians and people maybe misstepping or stepping in it, you know, and like what's the price they pay, you know, for one of the things I talked about was when Kimmel, you know, this 15 years ago he did like that blackface NBA skit, and you know it's like 15 years later and he went on this apology tour, and you know, I talked to Jamie as a comedy club owner and as a comedian, you know, thinking about like how do you ride the edge without saying something you're going to pay for and. It, it was a good like tight six or seven minutes we talked about that and i want to go back through my podcast and find those contained bits of subject matter and start trying to p- push them out to my youtube channel mm-hmm. you know where because i get it you know you're the same way like we end up doing these podcasts and they're always these one two three hour sort of things and i know people listen and cut them up but I almost wonder if i can't do some and then actually label them as the topic. You know, it's like Jamie Bindle, TMI pod talking about cancel culture or talking about empty nest or talking, you know, and, and starting to create like a repository of kind of topical clips, if you will, right. That people could find and maybe listen to on YouTube without having to commit a million hours, you know what I mean? To a podcast. So
0: yeah and you guys went like there was a great discussion about mortality and like coming to grips with that like it just it was you know relating to you being in the hospital you know and just it's it's just a really good podcast i would definitely highly suggest uh checking that one out and i'll actually throw a link up to your youtube channel on the on the page as well so if people want to check that out just com. just go to the post and it'll be in the strat
1: guide man yeah, right now there's just bad covers of music on there and a tribute to Bean is on there yeah, that we talked about with Bean. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, but that's that's kind of my next creative thing I want to do is to maybe get a little bit more aggressive on the YouTube content side and just really repurpose. I've put all this time in curating all this great content with all these guests and stuff and mm-hmm. I think it's just a way to take what I've got and put it out in another way, you know, yeah. or maybe other people can find it so,
0: there are it. people who all they do is watch youtube you know so so why you know why not try to reach out to folks like that but uh that'd be badass man i really appreciate Thanks you being me, on. Dude. I,
1: was, I love talking to you no matter whether we're recording or not so i appreciate you having me on
0: 100 100 you know, like i said you check out sean at uh at sean atl and uh you can check out the tmi pod at tmipod.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts right you can check out the show uh, at Lopez Radio, all social media, lopezradio.com, of course, and uh, I on Twitch every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So come over there, twitch.tv slash Radio. We'll catch you guys next time.